are they both allowed? If they're both allowed, then is there one that is better than the other? This is the kind of topic that we're going to be discussing today, bi'idhnillah al-kareem. And we're going to be presenting both sides of the argument, inshallah, as we often do on the hot seat. Before we start, we're going to have some opening questions that are going to be talking about things like the manners of praying Qiyamul Layl, the etiquettes and the virtues of praying Qiyamul Layl. Mm-hmm. And the reason we're going to be doing this is because Seeking Islamic knowledge, as people are doing as they're watching this podcast right now, is a mighty act of worship. And it's not an academic activity, it's a spiritual one. And therefore, before we get into the detailed academic discussion, we should be actually bringing our hearts close to Allah and asking Him to purify it for us. And that's why we're going to start with these kind of topics that might soften the heart. First question I'm going to ask is actually these different terms that we hear in the Quran and the Sunnah Qiyamul Layl, At-Tahajjud, Salatul Layl, Taraweeh What is the difference or is there a difference between these different kinds of terminology? Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen, Lahu Alhamdul Hasan wa Thanaul Jameel Wa Ashadu an la ilahe illallah wa hadahu la sharika lah Yaqulu al-Haqqa wa huwa yahdi al-Sabeel Wa Ashadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa tabi'ina lahum bihsanin ila yawmi deen amma ba'd Shahid, Jazakallah khairan for having me on the show May Allah reward you MashaAllah, you put a lot of work and effort in MashaAllah organizing this and preparing it and May Allah reward you subhanahu wa ta'ala And may Allah also reward the brothers who are working from behind the scenes, who are putting all of this together, uh, allowing you and I to uh, share what we have with the people. Mm-hmm. May Allah reward them Amen. and bestow His mercy onto them. And also, may Allah Taala makes, may Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala make this Ramadan for us uh, a Ramadan where He accepts our righteous deeds, Amen. our prayers, our du'a, our supplication. Going into the question that you asked, the names that have come regarding uh, Qiyamul Layl or even uh, Taraweeh is many. Okay. From those names is number one Qiyamul Layl. And that is a narration found in Musnad al-Imam Ahmed, Al-Tirmidhi and Al-Hakim and Al-Bayhaqi and Sheikh Al-Bani authenticated in Hadith Abi Darda that the Prophet said, Alaykum Bi-Qiyamul Layl Upon you is Qiyamul Layl يعني, Come with Qiyamul Layl Why? Because Qiyamul Layl Is the deeds and the action Of the righteous people before you It's a means to get closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala 
It's a way to expiate our sins for us. Mm-hmm. And it is what prevents a person from committing sins. So that's the first name. Because the hadith mentions at the beginning, عَلَيْكُمْ بِقِيَامِ اللَّيْلِ was used there. Okay. Another term that was used was Salatul Layl. Mm-hmm. Salatul Layl is another name or another term that's used. And that is based on the hadith and Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim both narrated in hadith ibn Umar. And Rajulan Sa'ala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a man came to the Prophet and he asked him, An salatil layli the salatul layl. Fakala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the Prophet said, Salatul layli mathna mathna. Salatul layl is two two. The Prophet told him. Fa'ida khashi ahadukum subha. If one of you is scared of the fajr prayer, is worried that the fajr has entered, then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Salla rak'atan wahidatan. He would just pray one raka'ah or he would pray his witr which were, would conclude for him what, okay. his, what he's already prayed. So this hadith, the beginning أَنَّ رَجُلًا سَأَلَ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى عَلَيْهِ سَلَمَا عَنْ صَلَاةِ اللَّيْلِ And the Prophet then said to him صَلَاةُ اللَّيْلِ مَثْنَا مَثْنَا So the word that is used here is صَلَاةُ اللَّيْلِ So mm-hmm. not, this is the second name that's been used. Then we have the third name which is الوتر. Al-Witru is in the entire prayer you're saying. So now the word Al-Witru is a term that many people are not acquainted with. Mm. Or they don't understand or they don't know. They know it to have one meaning. Or they have another understanding of it. First of all, Al-Witru is something that the Sharia encouraged. Imam Abi Dawood narrated, first of all, that the Hadith Buraida, Buraida said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, الوتر حق فمن لم يوتر فليس منا الوتر حق فمن لم يوتر فليس منا الوتر حق فمن لم يوتر فليس منا the prophet said this three times so the witr is a is a right of allah ta'ala and the person who doesn't do it is not from amongst us so this is a strong emphasis in regards to it الوتر has two meanings okay the first meaning is what you and i and many of us are acquainted with and a lot of the people watching already know it as which is the odd numbers that are prayed at the ending. Correct, yeah. And that is based on the hadith I mentioned already for Sahih Hayri, min hadith of Umar. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, Salatul layli, mathna, mathna. Fa'idha khashi ahadukum al-subha, salla rak'atan wahidatan, tutiru lahu ma qad salla. This one shows that the witr is what? It's the last odd numbers that you pray. Also, Imam al-Nasa'iyu wa ibn Majah, al-Sheikh al-Bani graded it sahih, fi sahih ibn Majah, an Ubay ibn Ka'mir radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, yutiru bisabbi hisma rabbika la'ala, wa qul ya ayyuhal al-kafirun, wa qul huwa Allah ahad. Ubay ibn Ka'bin mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to do witr with three surahs. His witr, the three rak'ah of his witr, mm-hmm. they used to be these three surahs. The first one is sabbi hisma rabbika la'ala, the second one is الكافرون, and the third is Again, this is the first meaning I'm still talking about. Okay. Also, an Imam Muslim narrated in his Sahih in Hadith Aisha. Aisha said, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي من الليل ثلاثة عشر ركعة يوتر من ذلك بخمس. So he would do five witr, she said. لا يجلس في شيء إلا في آخرها. He would not sit in that five until the ending. So there would be no tashahud all the way up until the last rak'ah. Uh, and the last rak'ah. Okay. Five. 
So this hadith mentions that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi So khams is witter. So that's the meaning we know. Yeah. There are many other narrations. So you're saying there's another meaning to the word witter as well? Another meaning that has witter is hadith Kharija ibn Hudafa. You can find it in Jami' Tirmidhi, you can find it in Sunan Abi Dawood, and Sheikh Al Nasir authenticated in his Sahih Tirmidhi. And Sheikh Al Sheikh Ibn Baz, sorry, he has a Hashia on Bulug al Maram. Okay. And he graded it to be Hassan. Kharija, Radiallahu Ta'ala, he said, Kharija Alina Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Wakala, in Allah Amadakum, Bissalatin, he a Khairu Lakum in Humr in Naam. الوتر جعلها الله لكم فيما بين الصلاة العشاء إلى أن يطلع الفجر. This narration mentions that Allah تبارك وتعالى the Prophet saying to the companions, إن الله أمدكم بصلاة. Allah has bestowed upon you a prayer. Allah has given you, gifted you a prayer. هي خير لكم من حمر النعم. It is better for you than a red camel. يعني to the Arabs the best of this dunya anything in this dunya the best. Then the Prophet said الوتر جعله الله لكم فيما بين صلاة العشاء إلى أن يطلع الفجر. Between those two prayers. Between when? صلاة العشاء and until the sun, uh, until fajr. So how does that exclude it from the first meaning of witr? It's the same meaning, right? No. Now it means the, the prayer that's prayed in between, يعني all of the prayers that are prayed from isha until fajr. The Prophet said, Because the witr that we know, as in commonly, which was the first meaning, that also is prayed between those two times. Another hadith would emphasize my meaning even more. Okay. And I'm going to give you the understanding of the great scholars. For example, Al Imam Tirmidhi in his Jamia, and Sheikh Nasir Rahimullah authenticated it. Also, Nasai in Hadith of Musalama. Musalama is saying this. Kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yutiru so she mentioned that the Prophet used to pray this much, 13. And then when he became old and he became weak, sallallahu alayhi she said he only did nine. And she called the whole, she called the whole prayer witr. And that's what Imam Tirmidhi in his jamia, Tirmidhi in his jamia, that's what he mentions. He says, قال إسحاق بن إبراهيم إسحاق بن إبراهيم إسحاق بن راهويا He said, معنى ما روي أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يوتر بثلاثة عشر ركعة قال إنما معناه أنه كان يصلي من الليل ثلاث عشرة ركعة مع الوتر فنصبت الصلاة الليل إلى الوتر وروى في ذلك حديثا عن عائشة واحتج بما روي عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أنه قال أوتروا يا أهل القرآن قال إنما عنا به قيام الليل يقول إنما قيام الليل على أصحاب القرآن الإمام الترمذي mentions in his جامع that إسحاق بن إبراهيم mentioned that the حديث of أم سلمة that I just mentioned right now that كان يوتر بثلاث عشرات he said قال إنما معناه what it means is أنه كان يصلي من الليل ثلاث عشر ركعة مع الوتر فنصبت صلاة الليل إلى الوتر so the whole night prayer in its entirety was called الوتر that's a fact that many people might not have been aware of until so now it's a very beneficial point to remember because sometimes you're going to hear narrations here or there where witr is being referred to the whole entire right. night and uh, it causes confusion to some people Jimmy. Another name is Salatul Tarawih. Salatul Tarawih is a name when it's restrictedly given to when it's in Ramadan. Okay. It's not known for this name, or this name is not a name for it outside the month of Ramadan. It's restricted to the month of Ramadan. 
And this name, Al-Fuyumi, in his kitab, Misbahul Munir, he mentions, he says that the word Taraweeh comes from the word يعني, Raha, which means Zawalul Mashaqati wa Ta'ab. It's to remove distress and hardship and burden. And he said, then he said, وَصَلَاتُ التَّرَاوِيحِ مُشْتَقَةٌ مِنْ ذَلِكِ And Salatu Tarawih was derived from that meaning. It was extracted from that meaning. لِأَنَّ التَّرْوِيحَةَ أَرْبَعُ رَكَعَاتٍ فَالْمُصَلِّي After four rak'ah, the person will relax. Mm-hmm. Once you pray four, relax. And the next four, you relax and then you pray witr. Okay. So that's why it's called. So it's 11, yeah? So, uh, yeah, it's 11 it is. Yeah. But not just 11 is discussion, <laughs> So that answers, inshallah ta'ala, the question of Beautiful. the names. There's also another name, which is At-Tahajjud. Yeah. Tahajjud is in the Quran. وَمِنَ اللَّيْلِ فَتَهَجَّدْ بِهِ نَافِلَةً لَكَ عَزَىٰ يَبْعَثَكَ رَبُّكَ مَقَامًا مَحْمُودًا So again, it's Tahajjud. So all of those are names which are synonyms. Okay, they all mean the night prayer, basically. They, the the prayer in between Salat al-Isha and Salat al-Fajr, They are all synonymous. They all mean the same, inshallah ta'ala. Okay, the next question I had on the list, which I think you've asked and answered it already in the Salat al-Witri uh, hadith that you mentioned, is when is the time that it's allowed to pray the night prayer? Okay, so this is a good question, mashallah ta'ala. Okay. And I think more than just mentioning what time it is, there's another point I also want to discuss, which is, uh, before I go to that, let me mention the time to elaborate. I mentioned, you're right, the hadith of uh, Hudafa, uh, Kharijah bin uh, Hudafa, Kharijah bin Hudafa, and Imam Tirmidhi and Abu Dawood, I mentioned Sheikh Al-Bani authenticated, rahimahullah ta'ala, and also Ibn Baz hassanahu fi hashiyatihi ala bulugh al-muram. That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, inna allaha amaddakum bi salatin hiya khayru lakum min humurin na'am. Al-witru ja'alahu allahu ma bayna, fi ma bayna salat al-isha'i, between those two prayers. So this hadith clearly and categorically tells us that the Salatul Al-Witr, which is Qiyamul Layl, is between what? Until Fajr. So that is the time where we pray our prayers. Also the Prophet told us in a hadith, anyone who the Fajr comes, and they don't, haven't done their witr. And the witr is the last thing that you do for your prayer, your night prayer. Mm. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that person has no witr. Okay. And Imam Ibn Hibban narrated this in his Sahih, and Ibn Khuzayma, and Abd al-Razaq in his Musannaf, and Al-Hakim al-Bayhaqi authenticated it, narrated as well, sorry, min hadith Abi Sa'id al-Khudri. Hakim authenticated it, Dhabi also agreed with him on this authentication, and also Al-Albani rahimahullah ta'ala mentions the authentication of it in his kitab Irwa al-Ghalil. Now there's a, and also another hadith, the Prophet said, Awtiru qabla an tusbihu. Before Fajr comes, do your witr. So Muslim. all of those ahadith they suggest, sorry, go on, you want to carry Muslim on? Muslim this in a sahih min hadith Sa'id al-Khudri. All of those ahadith suggest that the end time to pray witr is start of Fajr, when the, when the Fajr comes in. Aynam. Okay. And this is the view of a great large number of scholars now. You might think to yourself, is this a view when the Prophet said something? Yeah, there is a dispute whether you can even pray the uh, witr after Fajr. After the Adhan, after the Salah, what are we saying about what do you mean by after Fajr? So once Fajr enters, the time of Fajr enters, yes. are you allowed to pray witr or your time okay. is gone? It's okay. expired. Based on the vibe of these hadiths, awtiru qabla an tusbihu, hadith in Muslim in hadith Abi Saud Khudri, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is saying in the hadith of Kharija bin Hudafa uh, that the witr ma, ma bayna salat al-isha uh, between salat al-isha ila ayatul al-fajr. 
and the hadith of man adraka as-subha wa lam yutir fala witra lahu all those narrations some scholars they took the zahir of it mm. and they took the apparent meaning of it and so they said that you are not allowed to ولذلك الإمام الترمذي says in his jami' وهو قول غير واحد من أهل العلم وبه يقول الشافعي وأحمد وإسحاق لا يرون الوتر بعد صلاة الصبح they do not see the, 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 the rights of anyone praying صلاه الوتر after صبح but then there's other scholars who permit it so what do they base their opinion on um, for example Ziyad mentions أن أبا نهيك أخبره that he told him أن أبا دردائن كان يخطب الناس ألا وتر لمن أدرك الصبح فانطلق رجال من المؤمنين إلى عائشة فأخبروها فقالت كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصبح فيوتر رواه أحمد والطبراني والبيهقي They base it on this narration أبو درداء gave a خطبة السامن and in that خطبة he told the people ألا وتر لمن أدرك الصبح وتر comes there's no I mean فجر comes in there's no وتر for you anymore he was given and he said that in his خطبة فانطلق رجال من المؤمنين إلى عائشة A group of the sahabas Or a group of men They went to عائشة Whether they're sahabas or not I don't know But the group of men went to عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها فأخبروها They told her what Abad Darda said She said كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصبح فيوتر The fajr would come in And the prophet would pay his witr also similarly Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu ta'ala well, by the way why did they go to Aisha radiyallahu anha is there any Aisha, reason specifically Aisha was uh, as we're going to see inshallah ta'ala when it comes to the Prophet's personal affairs like this night prayers it involves a private affair where mm. yani, you would have to stay the night with the Prophet Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala had knowledge of it and as we're going to see she was one of the most knowledgeable when it came to if not the most knowledgeable <laughs> I want you to underline that point and remember it inshallah, it's very no, important for my there's argument, no debate inshallah. about that okay um, also Abdullah ibn Abbas anu, raqada, He slept and he woke up فقال لخادمه ستو his servant انظر ما صنع الناس Go and look at what the people have done وهو يومئذ قد ذهب بصره From what we see from the narration At this time it seems like he lost his eyesight Okay Abdullah ibn Abbas فقال فذهب القادم ثم رجع. The the servant went and he checked and he saw that the people had returned. He said قد انصرف الناس من الصبح. The people have prayed the subh prayer. فقام عبد الله بن عباس فأوتر ثم صلى الصبح. رواه مالك في الموطة. So this is now not even after the adhan of fajr. It's after the prayer has actually been prayed of fajr. So a group of people prayed. But he hasn't prayed his fajr. He hasn't been prayed. Okay. مالك also said أنه بلغه أن عبد الله بن عباس وعبادة بن صامت والقاسم بن محمد وعبد الله بن عامر بن الربيعة قد أوتروا بعد الفجر. This is من بلاغات مالك. مالك is بلاغ meaning things that have reached him. Muslim Bukhari has معلقات right? Yeah. مالك has things that he mentions that reached me. Okay. So he said it reached me that عبد الله بن عباس عبادة بن صامت القاسم بن محمد عبد الله بن عامر بن الربيعة all of them that they did witr after fajr. Yahya ibn Sa'id that he said كان عبادة بن صامت يا أم قوما so this is a balag muwatta mentioned Malik mentioned muwatta as a balag but also mentioned a chain for it Yahya ibn Sa'id in Al-Ansari he said كان عبادة بن صامت عبادة بن صامت was one who was leading the people in the prayer يا أم قوما فخرج يوما إلى الصبح 
فقام المؤذن صلاة الصبح فأسكته عبادة حتى قال أو فأسكته فأسكته عبادة ابن صامت أنيستهم ليم بي كوايت أن الأوتر ثم صلى بهم الصبح عبادة ابن صامت was leading uh, the prayer for the people he's a he's the imam of the masjid okay. so he entered the muadhin did the adhan right. uh, wanted to do the adhan sorry the muadhin wanted to do the adhan ibn musab silenced him said be quiet okay don't do the adhan and he went and he did the witr the salah has entered yeah because otherwise the muadhin wouldn't be ready to do the adhan right. Right? okay thumma awtara thumma salla bihim as-subh then he led the prayer all of this what does it show it shows that there are scholars on this side and there are scholars on this side so when we have actions of the companions radiyallahu anhum ajma'in and narrations from from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself praying witr after salat al-fajr has entered how do we reconcile these so these are very this is important it's a tariqa and it's a manhaj that we need to really look into as muslims when we look at a ayah from the quran or a hadith from the prophet alaihi wasallam we have to look at it through the lens of the sahabas and how they saw it we can't just pull out a verse or an ayah hmm. without looking at the understanding of the companions and how they understood it and then after that the tabi'in and the atba'u tabi'in Sufyan al-Thawri has a very famous statement that he says in istata'ta alla tahukka ra'saka illa bi'athari faf'al Sakawi mentions this in his kitab Fatul Mughith when he talks about the adabu talib al-hadith the manners that's required from a scholar a person of hadith is that if you're able to even find evidence to scratch your head do so Allahu Akbar and Imam Ahmed rahimahullah ta'ala he has a very famous statement Iyaka an tatakallama fi mas'alati laysa laka fiha imamun Do not talk about a matter where you don't have an imam for it mm-hmm. Someone's Every, preceded you basically uh, Naam So all these issues how do we Ibn Abdul Barr talks about it He says Ruwiya hadha al-qawlu an Mas'ud All these views that I mentioned right now yeah. of praying after Fajr and then the clear hadith that on the dhahir seems like you can't pray when the fajr comes in. So he said, هذا القولة, This view of praying after fajr has been narrated from Ibn Mas'ud and Ibn Abbas and Ubadat ibn Samit and Abi Darda and Hudayfa and Aisha and Malik and Shafi'i and Ahmed ibn Hanbal and Abi Thawr and Ishaq and Jama'at and that's the answer Ibn Abdul Barsas. That's the strongest to me, he says. لأني لا أعلم لأني لا أعلم لهؤلاء الصحابة مخالفا من الصحابة. I don't know any companions who oppose those companions. فدل إجماعهم على أن معنى الحديث. And so the now he mentions the meaning of the hadith now, which is what the hadith means. أن يكون ذلك لمن قصده واعتمده. It's talking about a person who deliberately does it. Then that person has no witr. Deliberately intends not to pray witr. They, they're awake at night. They say, I'm going to go to sleep. I haven't prayed witr, but I'm just not going to pray it tonight. I'm going to sleep. And then later that, they wake up and they say, oh, I'm going to pray. Oh, I've changed my mind. They're not allowed to. Or they watch the time go and they're like, yeah, let me just, I'll do it. I'll do it later. They ah. just let it go because of their, their negligence. Hmm. They are the ones that are being referred to here, which is that the person who doesn't do witr before fajr has no witr. That's the people he's okay. talking about. Not allowed to pray after fajr. But the, all these evidences that we brought from the Sahabas, it was because they had reasons to do it. So that's how to reconcile between uh, between all of those narrations. So that's the fact that then uh, again, so someone who goes to sleep accidentally, they intend to pray with her, but they fall asleep, tiredness overcomes them, and they fall asleep and they wake up at Salat al-Fajr time, they hear the Adhan. For that person, they can actually pray with her even after the Salat al-Fajr. Yeah, correct.
Wow, mashallah. Uh, uh, another point I want to mention, I know you haven't asked me, but I think it's worth mentioning here, yeah. which is the most virtuous time to pray. Yeah, you said it's between uh, Isha until Fajr. Now, what is the best time to pray? Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says, Qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, man khafa alla yaquma min akhiri layli falyutir awalahu, wa man tami'a an yaquma akhirahu falyutir akhira layli. فَإِنَّ صَلَاةَ آخِرِ اللَّيْلِ مَشْهُودَةٌ وَذَلِكَ أَفْضَلُ أَخْرَجَهُ مُسْلُمٌ This hadith Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala anhu he mentions that the Prophet has said anyone who is scared مَنْ خَافَ أَلَّا يَقُومَ مِنْ آخِرِ اللَّيْلِ He's scared that he will not wake up for the last part of the night فَلْيُوتِرْ أَوَّلَهُ They do it at the beginning the beginning the first portion of the night if you're scared and you're worried and you're like I'm worried I may not wake up Okay, do it awalalay. Past experience has told you that you're not good at waking yeah, up yeah. and things like this. And anyone who hopes, inshallah, he can stand up at the last night, portion of the night, do it at the last part. Because praying late is the best one. Is mashhudatan mean it's witness? Quran al Fajr in the Quran al Fajr kana. Mashhuda. So the angels are present. Mashhuda means the angels are the angels are present. So the person he should try his hardest and put effort in making sure that they pray. And then sorry, the end of the hadith just mentioned it in English. He said he categorically said that is better. That is better. There you go. So that, there's no discussion with that. It's better to pray in the last certificate. Also, that's how the Sahabas understood it. Hmm. And Imam al Bukhari narrated that Abdul Rahman ibn Abdul Qari said. أنه, this was the time when Umar ibn al-Khattab was bringing the people together. He said, خرجت مع Umar ibn al-Khattab رضي, رضي الله عنه ليلة في رمضان إلى المسجد فإذا الناس أوزاع متفرقون يصلون يصلي الرجل لنفسه ويصلي الرجل فيصلي بصلاته الرحط فقال عمر إني أرى لو جمعت هؤلاء على قارئ واحد لكان أمثل ثم عزم فجمعهم على أبي بن كعب ثم خرجت معه ليلة أخرى والناس يصلون بصلاة, بصلاة قارئهم قال عمر نعم البدعة هذه والتي يلابون عنها أفضل من التي يقوم يقومون نعم البدعة هذه والتي يلابون عنها أفضل من التي يقومون يريد آخر الليل وكان الناس يقومون أوله الإمام uh, Bukhari Muslim um, Bukhari specifically narrated that Abdurrahman ibn Qari said one night I came up with Umar al-Khattab and Umar saw in the masjid the people were the people were dispersed everyone prayed by himself okay okay and then another night he saw or that night he saw Another group of people praying in the same uh, and in a corner with a group of each other, and one was praying by himself over there. They're all scattered all right. over the place. Umar then say, Inni ara ala in wahidin. I wish and I hope, and I'm hoping that I can bring all of these people on under one reciter. Okay? Then Umar did that. First it was a, was a wish, then he made it into a conviction and he made it happen. So he brought them all together under the great reciter, the Qari of the Sahabas, Ubay ibn Ka'bir radiallahu ta'ala anu. Or from the Qurra of the Sahaba, Ubay ibn Kabin. The next night he came out on them again, Umar radiallahu anhu, and the people were praying under their reciter, all united and all praying together. And he said, Ni'ma al-bid'atu hadi. What a great 
example that has been set here. And that even that phrase, because I know some people might listen to that phrase and they might, you know, there might there's a discussion about that. We've covered that extensively in the hot seat previously on the episode we did about innovation, which I think from memory was the third episode we've ever mm-hmm. done the hot seat. Anybody yeah. wants an explanation of that phrase, they can go there, inshallah. Exactly. And it can't even be innovation because it was something that Prophet did, alayhi yeah. clearly. Uh, but what Umar meant what here is the linguistic usage of the word bid'ah, not the technical meaning of the word bid'ah. This is the part that concerns me from the, from the narration Which is Umar said What they are doing right now Which is that they pray in the first portion of the night What is better Is that they pray the last part Because they sleep at the last part of the night And they pray at the first part of the night So he's saying What they sleep From what they sleep, The time they're sleeping is better Than the time they're praying right now it's better that they flip it. They flip it. Okay. The people used to pray at the beginning. So this all shows us that uh, the person should try their hardest to pray the last part of the night if they have the ability uh, to, to pray, inshallah. Ta'ala. Okay. Next question I have. And again, remember that one of the reasons why we're asking these questions at the start is for the listener and even for us to bring our hearts close to Allah and ask Him to purify it for us. This is something that we should be listening to with an attentive ear so we can implement it even in the taraweeh salah that we're praying tonight inshallah and in the rest of Ramadan mm-hmm. what are some of the etiquettes and manners of how we can pray Qiyamul Layl how should we approach Qiyamul Layl so the person should intend from their sleep that they go to that they're going to wake up for the Qiyam so the manners even start that early on it starts that early and that you look at your sleep at ala ta'ah you look at your sleep as a form to to nurture your body to worship Allah wa ta'ala. The Prophet said وسلم, in a hadith of Imam Al-Nasai and Abu Dawood and Malik narrated in hadith Abi Darda radiallahu ta'ala anhu Sheikh Albani authenticated it Man ata firashahu wa huwa yanwi an yaquma yusalli min al-layli faghalabatu aynahu hatta asbaha kutiba lahu ma nawa wa kana nawmuhu sadaqah wa kana nawmuhu sadaqatan alayh min rabbihi azza wa jalla the person who goes to his bed and he has the intention to wake up for Qiyamul Layl and then he's too tired, he just he manages not to wake up. Mm. Or it happens unfortunately that he doesn't wake up. And then Fajr comes in and then he wakes up and he realizes, Oh no, I never prayed my Qiyam. What he intended is written for him. And the sleep from his Lord Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a sadaqah Allah gave to him subhanahu wa ta'ala another manners is that when a person wakes up that they should wipe their face with their hands okay and also to do dhikr should you wash your hands before wiping the face? Uh, straight away the Prophet would wake straight up. away wipe the face first with your hand with your hand and do your, your dhikr and also to brush your teeth all three of them I'm going to mention the evidences for it let's start with wiping uh, the dhikr, the dhikr okay. that you make. The hadith of Imam al-Bukhari narrated in Sahih in hadith Ubadat ibn Samit. The Prophet said, Man ta'arra min al-layl. Ta'arra, it basically means when a person wakes up, they're not fresh. Mm. So they're like, uh, they're making noise, right? They're mm. tired. They're, yeah, they're, they're groggy. Like, yeah. That's it. Man ta'arra min al-layl. So anyone who wakes up from sleep in that form, but remembers to say, فَقَالَ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ لَهُ الْمُلْكُ وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ Allah, 
ثم دعا استجيب له فإن توضأ وصلى قل قبلت صلاته The Prophet said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anyone who wakes up from his sleep and he says this dhikr I mentioned لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله A person says that and then they say ربي اغفر لي أو الله فكر All the narration says ثم دعاؤه He makes a dua His dua will be accepted فإن توضأ If he does wudu and get after that and then he prays a salah وصلّى قبلت صلاته his prayer will be accepted now Hafid ibn Hajar in Fathul Bari he brings the quote of Ibn Battal Ibn Battal is a great scholar Hafid quotes him a lot in his Fathul Bari Ibn Battal in he said فَيَنْبَغِي لِمَنْ بَلَغَهُ هَذَا الْحَدِيثُ أَنْ يَغْتَنِمَ الْعَمَلَ بِهِ وَيُخْلِصَ نِيَتَهُ لِرَبِّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى Anyone who he reaches them, this hadith, they should seize the opportunity. And they should come with intention, ikhlas, good intent, if you hear this hadith. Now, we don't know in our life what we do if it's ever going to be accepted. Mm, true. And knowing that by doing this action, our salah is going to be accepted, it's a great deed, mm. it's a great opportunity. Allah says in the Quran, "Inna yataqabbalu Allahu min al-muttaqin." Allah accepts the du'a and the supplication and the prayer and the righteous deeds of the the pious people, and because we know we're not from the pious people, it worries us whether our actions going to be accepted. And Imam Al-Hasan Al-Basri, rahimahullah, he said, "Wadidtu anni a'lamu anna Allah qabila li sajda wahida." He said, "I wish I knew that Allah Taala will accept one prostration from me." Imagine a whole entire prayer will be accepted from you. Not sajda, but a prayer will be accepted from you. A wudu will be accepted from you. A dua that you made will be accepted from you. And this shows uh, the virtue of this. And also another point that needs to be pointed out here is that the person who would make that dua, because the hadith does say, man min al-layl, that person is not fully awake. For them to remember to say this dhikr means it's a person who used to what? Always have dhikr on, on their tongue. ولذلك حافظ محجر إن فتح الباري came across that he mentions he says قال أبو عبد الله الفرابري أبو عبد الله الفرابري is راوي عن البخاري he's a narrator from الإمام البخاري صحيح he says about الإمام البخاري الفرابري الراوي says عن البخاري أجريت هذا الذكر على لساني عند انتباهي ثم نمت فأتاني آت فَقَرَأَ وَهُدُوا إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ الْآيَةِ Al-Farabri says أَجْرَيْتُ هَذَا الذِّكْرَ عَلَى لِسَانِ I let this dhikr flow on my tongue عند انتباهي when I woke up ثم نمتو then I slept فآتاني آتين a person came to me فَقَرَأَ he recited to me وَهُدُوا إِلَى الطَّيِّبِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ And that's an ayah in the Quran where Allah Taala says guidance in the speech which you have said so if a person wakes up this is what they should do as for wiping your hand on your face it's based on the hadith of Imam al-Bukhari narrated in hadith of Abbasin where if you the Prophet the Prophet was one 
Ama istayqada Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Faja'ala yamsahu nawma'an wachi The Prophet woke up And he started to wipe his hand on his face Biyadihi thumma qara'a al-ashara al-ayati Al-khawatiba min surati Ali Imran The last 10 verses Of surah Ali Imran The Prophet recited it Inna fi ikhtilafi al-layli wal-nahari Ila ayati l-u'li al-babi Al-lazhiri yadkuroon Allah qiyaban Inna fi khalqi samawati wal-ardu Wa ikhtilafi al-layli wal-nahari Ila ayati l-u'li al-bab Al-lazhiri yadkuroon Allah qiyaban Wa qu'udan wa ala junubim Wa yatafakkaroon fi khalqi samawati wal-ard Rabbana ma khalaqta hadha batila Subhanaka faqina adhaba al-nar Reciting all of those Verses and last To the end of surah Al-Imran The Prophet ﷺ will read it Also Hudayfat ibn al-Yaman He said Kana Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam إذا قام للتهجد من الليل يشوسفه بالسواك متفق عليه حذيفة من اليمن said the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was one but if he woke up at night okay for تهجد من الليل يشوسفه فاه means his mouth he would put the miswak in his mouth and clean what his mouth his mouth عليه الصلاة والسلام and this is something that the Sahabas took from the Prophet عليه الصلاة والسلام and they used to do Ali ibn Abi Talibin إذا قام أحدكم من الليل Ali ibn Abi Talibin He says إذا قام أحدكم من الليل فليستك If one of you wakes up at night فليستك means use your miswak فإن الرجل إذا قام من الليل If one of you gets up for night فتسوك and then does his siwak ثم توضأ and then does the wudu ثم قام إلى الصلاة and then gets up for the prayer جاءه الملك angel will come to you حتى يقوم خلفه أن أيده يستاد بحينيو يستمع القرآن يقول he will listen to your recitation فلا يزال يدنو منه the angel will come closer and closer حتى يضع فاه على فيه the angel's mouth will come closer to your mouth فلا يقرأ آية إلا دخل جوفه and there's not a verse that you recite except the enters the 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 stomach of the angel we did mention remember that the ليل is what مشهودة yeah, meaning the angels. Witnessed by the angels. The yeah. angels, and we all know the angels don't like bad smells. Mm. The Prophet ﷺ, he told us ﷺ that the angels, they dislike the bad smell that comes from people. That's why we shouldn't have uh, onion when we go to the masjid. Also, Aunun ibn Abdullah he said, "Kana Abdullah ibn Kana Abdullah ibn Mas'udin ida qama ila salati." Abdullah ibn Mas'udin was one that if he woke up for the prayer, night prayer, تُعْجِبُهُ الْرِيحُ الطَّيِّبَةِ He loved a nice smell. وَالثَّوْبُ النَّظِيفُ He loved to have a clean garment. Al-Imam Al-Ajurriyu mentions this in his kitab, فَضْلُ قِيَامِ اللَّيْلِ وَالتَّهَجُّدِ Tamim Ad-Dari, another companion, إِذَا قَامَ مِنَ اللَّيْلِ لِلتَّهَجُّدِ اِغْتَلَفَ بِالْغَالِيَةِ Tamim Ad-Dari was one that if he woke up for the tahajjud, Iqtalafa means he would pour on himself Bil ghaliya Ghaliya was a certain perfume He would pour it on himself Washtara hullatan bi alfin Kana yusalli fiha And he would buy He bought a garment For the night prayer And Imam Muhammad Nasr al-Marwazi Mentions this in his kitab Qiyam al-Layl Wa Qiyam al-Ramadan Also There was a man by the name of Ibn Muhayrizin Ibn Muhayrizin Ibn Muhayrizin and Imam Al-Awza'i said, Man kana muqtadiyan, about this man, before I mention what he used to do, because a lot of people may not know who he is. And Imam Al-Awza'i, Imam Al-Sham, said about him, Man kana muqtadiyan, falyaqtadi bimithri bin muhayrizin. If one of you is going to hold on to someone, hold on to Ibn Muhayrizin. Inna Allah lam yakun liyudilla ummatan fiha 
Ibn Muhayrizin. Allah Azza wa Jalla is not one to misguide a nation in which he's in. He was إِذَا قَامَ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ بِاللَّيْلِ دَعَى بِالْغَالِيَةِ If he would pray at night, he would request for that perfume, بِالْغَالِيَةِ فَيَتَضَمَّخُ أَمَا فَيَتَضَمَّخَ He would pour it to the extent that it would soak his clothing. مَا يَرْدَعُ ثِيَابَهُ He would pour it on his garment and his clothes to the extent that it would soak his clothing. So that's what a person should do when it comes to uh, the night prayer. You're going to stand in front of Allah. If you're going to stand in front of a ruler, you know how you take care of your, your appearance and the way you look. You'll groom yourself yeah. and you'll beautify yourself. You're fr- standing in front of the king of all kings. Let's take a moment to really digest those narrations. A lot of us are going to be, inshallah, praying Salat al-Tarawih this month. We mentioned at the, far, uh, at the, at the beginning, uh, Salat al-Tarawih, Qiyam al-Layl, they're all synonyms. How many of us actually go to the masjid to pray Salat al-Tarawih and actually put on our best garments, have a specific garment for this prayer and put perfume on ourselves, brush our teeth before we go? Some of us will just wake up and we'll, without washing our face, without brushing our teeth, without making our clothes look clean, we would just rush and then stand up for yeah. prayer. In pyjamas even. Okay. Next question I have, and it's the final one I have from this opening section, inshallah. Give some encouragement for people to pray Qiyam layl Taraweeh. What are some of the virtues of praying Qiyam layl Allah Ta'ala spoke about the prayer, the night prayer. In many verses in the Quran, He encouraged the people to come with it. Allah says, وَمِنَ اللَّيْلِ فَتَهَجَّدْ بِهِ نَافِلَةً لَكَ عَسَىٰ يَبْعَثَكَ رَبُّكَ مَقَامًا مَحْمُودًا This is in Surah Al-Isra. In Surah Al-Sajda, Allah says about the believers when He talks about their quality, تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ عَلِي الْمَضَاجِعِ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ That they don't sleep the bed, they, they leave their running away from their bed. And they go into their night prayer to ask Allah Taala, hoping for Jannah and wanting Jannah from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala and fearing the hellfire. Allah even said about them, كَانُوا قَلِيلًا مِنَ اللَّيْلِ مَا يَهْجَعُونَ وَبِالْأَسْحَارِهُمْ they would wake up and beg Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Even Allah mentioned the Ibadur Rahman. Ibadur Rahman illadina yamshuna ala al-ardi hawna. Wa idha khatabahum al-jahiluna qalu salama. Walladhina yabituna li rabbihim sujjadan wa qiyama. Allah mentioned that they would be in sujood and wuku'. Even when Allah praised the Sahabas, Allah says about them, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Walladhina ma'ahu ashiddau ala al-kufari ruhama'u baynahum. Tarahum ruka'an sujjadan. يَبْتَغُونَ فَضْلًا مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرِضْوَانًا سِيمَاهُمْ فِي وُجُوهِمْ مِنْ أَثَرِ السُّجُودِ ذَلِكَ مَثَلٌ فِي التَّوْرَاةِ وَمَثَلٌ فِي الْإِنْجِيلِ كَزَرْعٍ أَخْرَجَ شَطْأَهُ فَآزَرَهُ فَاسْتَغْلَظَ فَاسْتَوَى عَلَى سُوقِ إِلَى آخِرِ الْآيَةِ Also this quality of praying and night prayer in Ramadan more and even outside Ramadan as well because the Lord of Ramadan is the Lord of every other month mm. is something that the Prophet used to make sure he sticks to alayhi salatu salam to the extent that he would actually physically harm his body and Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim both narrated fi sahihayhima in hadith Aisha anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kani yaqoom min al-layl hatta tatafattara qadamah faqalat Aisha lima tasna'u hadha ya rasulallah wa qad ghafar allahu laka ma taqaddama min dhambika wa ma taakhar qala afala uhibbu an akuna abdan shakura falamma kathura lahmuh salla jalisan fa idha arada an yarka'a qama faqara'a thumma raka'a Aisha she says the Prophet alayhi sallallahu alayhi wa he used to stand up at night. Al-Mughirat ibn al mentions another wording. Not just his leg would actually swollen, even his shid 
Allah. Salawatullah wa salam ala And so Aisha said to him, Ya Rasulullah, hasn't Allah not forgiven you for your past sins and your upcoming sins? For any mistakes that you were to do, it will be forgiven for you. Why do you do this to yourself? The Prophet responded, he said to her, Afala uhibbu an akuna abdan shakura. Do I not want to be a slave who shows gratitude to his Lord? Walidhalika the Sahabas, they sensed that from the Prophet, that he was one who prayed Allah, alayhi salatu salam. Abdullah ibn Rawaha, he said, وَفِيْنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ يَتْلُوْ كِتَابَهُ إِذَا شَقَّ مَعْرُوفٌ مِنَ الصُّبْحِ سَاطِعُ أَرَانَ الْهُدَى بَعْدَ الْعَبَى فَقُلُوبُنَا بِهِ مُوْقِنَاتٌ أَنَّمَا قَالَ وَاقِعُ يَبِيتُ يُجَافِي جَنْبَهُ عَنْ فِرَاشِهِ إِذَا اسْتُثْقِلَتْ بِالْكَافِرِينَ الْمَضَاجِعُ When the disbelievers are sleeping and they're snoring, our Prophet was praying and he spent his time in the night prayer. Daytime he was fasting and the night he was praying. Also, is from one of the greatest means to enter Jannah. Abdullah ibn Salam in radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, Lama kadim al nasu, Lama kadim al nabiu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam al madinata, jitu, Falama tabayyan tu wachahu, Araf tu anna wachahu laysa bi wachi kadabin, Fakana awala makal, Amafakana awalu makala, Ayuhan nas, Afshu salam, Watimut taam, Wasilu al arham, Wasalu bil layli wa nasuniyam, Tatkulu janata bi salam. Alimam Tirimi then Ibn Majah narrated this. Abdullah Salam was a rabbi. He was a Jew rabbi. He said when the people came, when the Prophet came to Medina, the people they rushed at the Prophet in Jafal al Nas, one of the narrations mentions. The people they charged at the Prophet. Okay, they want to see him. Muhammad came, everyone wanted to see him. He says, from the first thing that he said was what? Afshu salam. Spread the greetings. Afshu salam. Feed the ones who are in need. Keep the ties of kinship. Pray at night when the people are sleeping, you will enter Jannah with, with, in peace. Wow. Also from the virtues uh, of Qiyamul Layl is, uh, it's a form to expiate our sins and our shortcomings. I mentioned already the hadith of the Prophet when he said, Alaykum bi Qiyamul Layl. فَإِنَّهُ دَأْبُ الصَّالِحِينَ قَبْلَكُمْ وَقُرْبَةٌ لَكُمْ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ وَمَكْفَرَةٌ لِسَيِّئَاتٍ وَمَنْهَاتٌ عَنِ الْإِثْمِ It's a, the deed of the righteous people. And it is also a way to get nearness to Allah Taala, and it's an expiation for our sins. That's what it is. Also, Qiyamul Layl is the best virtuous action after the prayer. And after the five daily prayers that mm-hmm. we pray, the best prayer is Qiyamul Layl. Best prayer, Allah. And Imam Muslim narrated fi sahihihi bin hadith Abi Hurairah that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said afdalu salati ba'dal maktubati as-salatu fi jawfil layl. That the best prayer after the obligatory prayer is as-salatu fi jawfil layl. The prayer that is prayed in the middle of the night. So all of these things give us the idea and understanding of the virtues of Qiyamul Layl. There are many more other virtues you can find if you look at the Quran Allah Ta'ala make us from those people who are consistently and continuously praying at night to their Lord. Amin. Amin. Really appreciate that. And that should have softened some of the hearts, including ours. And now we can talk about the discussion at hand. We're talking about how many rak'ats should be for the Salat al This is a common topic that is often discussed all over the world. And some people have different views on it. And some people are quite staunch and firm upon their view as well. I think it's worth at the start mentioning the two views we're going to be representing today. So, 
you're going to be, I, I'm happy for you to explain the best view. I'll, I'll explain my view, then you can explain your view, inshallah. The view that I'm going to be representing today is that Salat al-Taraweeh, Qiyamul in the month of Ramadan, cannot, and outside of the month of Ramadan, cannot exceed 11 rak'at. It cannot go over that. If it does, then it's an innovation. This is a position that I'm going to be representing today. Your position? My, my uh, opinion, inshallah ta'ala, and my view in this issue is the view of the scholars who say that there is no restriction for Qiyamul Layl. You can pray as much as you like uh, and uh, there isn't a restriction to it. So it could be 11, could be 20, could be 30, could be 40. Could be 100, 200. Jimmy. Okay, I'm going to start with my position, inshallah. My position revolves pr- predominantly around one hadith. It's a hadith narrated by Abi Salma ibn Abdul Rahman, where he said, I asked Aisha radiallahu anha, how is the prayer of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam during the month of Ramadan? This is exactly what we want to know. She said, Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam never exceeded 11 rak'at in Ramadan or in other months. ما كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يزيد في رمضان ولا في غيره على إحدى عشرة ركعة. This is the hadith of Aisha رضي الله عنها. And then she goes on to explain and describe his prayer. But that's the shahid from the hadith that I want. Again, I'm going to repeat it. Allah's Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم never exceeded 11 ركعات in Ramadan or in other months. The position I'm representing, this is a clear-cut nas in the issue. Sahihun Sarihun. As for the authenticity, it's not going to be debated even from the other side. It's narrated for Sahihain in the Sahih of Imam, Imam Bukhari and the Sahih of Imam Muslim. Imam Muslim. It's not going to be it's not going to be disputed, like I said, even from the other side. As for being Sarih, it's being direct in what Aisha radiallahu anha is saying. It's clearly and categorically telling us that the Prophet's prayer sallallahu at night never exceeded eleven rak'at in Ramadan or in other months. If this is the case for the Prophet he is the one who has been set for us as an example to follow. And he prayed the night prayer for 20 years. Quran Sheikh Al-Bani in one of his books mentioned 20 years. And not just, this is now talking about the istimlal, it's not just one off here or there. Consistently for 20 years, yet never, not once according to this hadith, until you prove otherwise, not once did he exceed 11 rak'at. He is teaching us that this is the uh, prayer that is restricted. You cannot go over it. That's what he is teaching us. And there's another hadith. Um, the Prophet said, pray as you have seen me pray. If we're not going to listen to him in that command, pray as you have seen me pray. When he is clearly showing us in this hadith that it is restricted to 11 rak'at, then what are we going to listen to him in? Number one. Second point I want to make is... Who is telling us this information? It's our mother, Aisha radiallahu anha. You mentioned before, and that's why I smiled and said, I want you to underline this, that she knew the private affairs of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Nobody knew his prayer better than she did. And she's the one who's informing us of this hadith. Next point I want to make is that opposing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi and it's all related to this one hadith. I'm not going to go outside this hadith. I'm sure the discussion will bring other narrations. But this one hadith, I'm sticking onto it to prove my first point. Opposing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi in this is the same way as opposing him in other aspects of the prayer. For example, the, when he's told us to, uh, when he commands us to pray the way we saw him praying, anyone who prays other than that, in even other prayers, we say this is an innovation. 
How can you pray five rak'at for dhuhr, for example? Similarly, he is showing us that the salatul layl or taraweeh or qiyamul layl is restricted to 11 rak'at. I'm now going to go in a little bit deep on the same hadith. This is a little bit now the next level and it's going to be a little bit technical. But inshallah, it's something what I want the people to pay attention to, inshallah. inshallah. The sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ can be divided into different types. For example, we have as sunnatul qawliyah statements of the Prophet ﷺ. We have as sunnatul fi'liyah actions of the Prophet ﷺ. I'm going to go into the different types of sunnah. I've only got four with me, mm-hmm. and I'm going to apply it to this particular issue. Mm-hmm. With regards to as sunnatul qawliyah do we have statements of the Prophet ﷺ that is clearly and categorically telling us that we can pray as much as we want in the Qiyamul Layl or Tarawih. This is the side that you're representing now. Do we have any evidence on that side? We don't. If you have one, you can bring it inshallah. But I'm claiming that we don't. Even the, the hadith, Salatul Layli, Mathna, Mathna, it's not the mafhum of that is what you're taking. It's not the mantuq. It's not saying clearly. This is talking about the kayfiyah. This is talking about how we pray after every two rak'at, we have a taslim. As for saying that this is unrestricted and therefore we can pray unrestricted, it needs evidence for that. I also have to be fair and just on my side I don't have a sunnah qawliyah that clearly says that it's restricted to 11 so so far in that first type of sunnah we don't have anything either of us mm. as for the sunnah fi'liyah this is where I'm bringing something to the table and I've already brought that which is the hadith of Aisha radiyallahu anha clearly saying never in Ramadan not in outside of Ramadan did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi pray 11 rak'at you now have to bring something to the table my claim is that you don't have anything that is authentic to bring to the table and therefore we're restricted to this hadith. There's another kind of sunnah, a sunnah to at-taqririya. This is where the Prophet ﷺ sees something happen and he gives his tacit or silent approval because we know that no munkar would take place in front of our beloved Prophet ﷺ except he would clarify it and say this is wrong. In 23 years of prophethood, we never, it's something that I want the people to pay attention to, Fi hayatin Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we never have one narration where anybody around him mm-hmm. prayed more than 11 rak'at and he saw it and he stayed silent and he said, this is good. We, it just didn't happen in his life. All of the people, fi hayatihi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, understood that this is a hard limit that we don't go over. This is the position I'm representing. The fourth type of sunnah. This is something that I really want the people to ponder over. You mentioned this type of sunnah before. As sunnah to you said before on this very same podcast that when the Prophet doesn't do something in an act of worship, then even if he doesn't tell us not to do it, we should also follow him and not do that. For example, many people ask, How do you know that it's an innovation or what is the evidence it's innovation to celebrate? The Prophet's birthday. The Prophet never told us directly not to celebrate his birthday. Even the hadith of the Eidain, it still needs a, a mafum that's applied to that. It never told us directly, do not celebrate my birthday. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We, one of the evidences that we bring to the table in this mas'ala is that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not do it. Therefore, we should not do it. Again, apply this to the topic that we're discussing today. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, hadith Aisha in Bukhari and Muslim, he did not pray more than 11. Mm-hmm. It's not appropriate for any Muslim to hear that and to think, I know better than the Prophet Even though there are general ayat and general evidences that encourage lots of ruku, lots of sujood, 
The Prophet ﷺ was more aware of those ayat than we are. And he didn't apply it in a manner, not once in his life, 20 years of praying the Qiyamul Layl, every single night, not once in his life did he say, I'm just going to go over just once. That's my argument. And the final thing that I'd end with is that for the Muslims at home who are listening to this podcast, if you want to be from the people that love Allah and the people that Allah loves, then stick to the Sunnah of the Prophet Allah says, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ اللَّهَ Allah is telling the Prophet to tell us It's a command to tell us If you love Allah, then follow me I.e. the Prophet Allah will love you He will forgive you for your sins He is the forgiving, the merciful If you want to be part of this ayah If you want to be part of this group of people Stick to the sunnah of the Prophet Don't look left don't look right. You have a clear-cut hadith in this issue. Hadith Aisha, the Prophet ﷺ never inside Ramadan or outside Ramadan exceeded 11 rak'at in a qiyamul layl. That's my argument. Now, inshallah, you have your opportunity to respond. First of all, may Allah bless you for presenting your points and uh, giving your evidences. MashaAllah. Now listen to mine, inshallah. Inshallah. My argument is... Mm. That Qiyamul Layl Laysa lahu haddun It has no limit L- yani, There is no limit in the Quran And there is no limit in the Sunnah Okay It's my chance to prove this inshallah ta'ala. And what is that meant The acts of obedience Other than the obligatory The voluntary acts Are divided into two There are nawafil known as Mutlaqa Unrestricted You can do as much as you like and there are nawafil which are known as muqayyada. Okay? Muqayyada okay. meaning restricted. This voluntary prayer is restricted. And from the prayers that are restricted are like Salatul Kusuf, that which we pray on the uh, eclipse. eclipse. Hmm. Okay? Uh, solar or the luni, uh, lunar eclipse. Kusuf and Khusuf, Kusuf the yeah. difference. The second one is the, uh, the Rawatib, Sunan Rawatib. Which is 12 raka'a a day It's restricted, it's numbered You can't add Nor can you reduce Okay It's important That's the first type which is known as what? Nawafil Al-Muqayyada, that's restricted There's a number to it mm-hmm. The second category is Nawafil which are mutlaqa Meaning they are unrestricted There is no added to it Al-Imam Ibn Hajar al-Haytami in his kitab al-Fatawa al-Fiqiyyat al-Kubra he says وَالْفَرْقُ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ غَيْرِهِ أَنَّ الشَّارِعَ لَمْ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ عَدَدًا وَفَوَّضَهُ إِلَى خِيرَةِ الْمُتَعَبِّدِ The meat, the da'abid da- Yes, what are going to ask? The da'abid for the uh, voluntary prayer that's unrestricted is that the sharia or the legislator Allah hasn't given it a number, a figure Okay, and the Prophet Can I ask a question? Uh, and the last point of the question And the matter has been placed in the hand of the worshipper So the worshipper has the right to choose what number he wants Allah hasn't given it a number Nor has the Prophet What's your question? For the eclipse prayer Where did Allah's Messenger give a number? The Prophet gave it two rak'ah Where did he give it? The hadith al-wahid on the Nabi That is two rak'ah Every rak'ah there is two ruku' Two sujood Two, would you call it? Uh, 
Now there are disputes of the narrations that have come, but there is a limitation to it. Is that just because the action of the Prophet or is that a statement that he made? Statement as well. You have a statement? We have, for example, let's take the Rawatib. The Prophet has said the number, alayhi salatu salam, 12 raka'ah, whoever prays it would be from, a house would be built for them in Jannah. Hmm. And the Prophet did the 12, alayhi salatu salam. Now, which prayers does those 12 fall under? Is a dispute, give or take. There was khilaf on that hmm. issue. Lakin, that being said, the number is agreed upon. In my research, I couldn't find a statement of the Prophet ﷺ talking about the eclipse prayer. I just saw everyone narrating it. This is how he prayed it. He prayed two rak'at. He prayed two rak'at. He prayed two rak'at. So two things I want us to understand is the, the fact that there exists sunan, sunan, that are muqayyada, there's, I, don't, I don't mean you disagree, right? There are so if the Prophet ﷺ clearly says a number, then of course there's a number there. So like for example Sunan al-Rawatib You believe there's 12 rak'at I believe there's 12 Is it only 12? 12 sorry uh, Yeah 12 Sunan so, uh, You believe only 12 yeah? Yeah only 12 Okay Yeah So th- it's restricted to 12 right? Yeah because uh, of the, the statement, of the, statement of the Prophet Statement of the Prophet And the Prophet did it Now that is muqayyad You cannot add or reduce Now you Another thing is um, who is the, who, who has got the choice to choose? No one Only Allah has the choice And his message Agreed. Agreed The second one is that it's unrestricted. You can pray as much as you like. And an evidence for that is the Prophet ﷺ had told us in the hadith, anyone who comes to the day of Jumu'ah, before the Imam does the khutbah to Jumu'ah, enters the masjid early, comes there, and prays ma kutiba lahu, the narration says, what has been written for him. Hmm. This is a what? Nafila? Mutlaqa. Unrestricted. So you can get up to, get to, to keep going. Until the Imam comes, you can keep praying. That's it. So me and you, our discussion is Salatu Taraweeh Which categories Which is those two categories does Jamil, okay, I agree both those categories exist Okay, my argument is That it falls under the category which is Mutlaqa, unrestricted Okay. And the reason for that is because Number one I looked at the Quran Pondered over the verses of the Quran Great ulama before me have done the same The Salaf al-Salih did the same And they realized from the Quran that it is mentioning this act of worship of Qiyamul Layl unrestrictedly, which is mutlaqa. That's what the word means. Okay. For example, Allah says, "Fakra'u ma tayassara minhu." Surah to what? Muzammil. Surah al Muzammil. The beginning. What was he talking about? Ya al Muzammil. Qum al Layl illa qalila. Nisfahu aw inqus minhu qalila. Aw zid alayhi wa rati lil Quran tartila. He's talking about what prayer? Yeah. Is the abrogation of that first portion of the surah, right? Yeah. Read. Here doesn't mean read. But I have a question here, if that's okay. Uh, yeah. Sorry, here it doesn't mean read. Carry on. Here doesn't mean read. Okay. Here means pray. Okay. Because it's like the ayah where Allah says, Quran al Fajr in the Quran al Fajr. Quran al Fajr means Wasalat al Fajr. In the Salat al Fajr, Kala Mashuda. Okay. Fakra'u means Quran, Iqra' here means Salah. So Allah is saying, Fakra'u ay sallu ma tayassara minhu. The ma here, according to the Usuliyin, is little umum, show generalization. So Fakra'u pray, ma tayassara minhu, whatever is easy for you. This is umum, generalization number one. I take my umum from there. By the way, at the start of the, the um, at the start of the surah that you mentioned, Al Muzammil, it's talking about time, right? It talks about from what time to what time you need time. to pray. Amen. And then you say that the late, the end part of the surah is an abrogation of that start part. It's saying pray what's easy for you. Amen. So if we're talking about time, 
how does that affect rak'at? If someone could pay eight rak'at quicker, then so, so longer than someone pays twenty rak'at. No, here Allah says faqra'u. We agree that faqra'u means fasallu. I'm with you on that. So it means fasallu ma tayassara. Pray whatever Allah has made easy for you. But we also agree that this was an abrogation from the first part of the surah, which was talking about time, not a number of rak'at. Do you see the point? No, because the, no, the Sahabas were praying and they were struggling in the prayer. That's why they were praying because it says, "Ya uh, al-Muzammil, qumil layla illa qalila, or when qumil layla illa qalila, nisfahu or in qus minhu qalila, or zida alayhi wa ratil al-Quran tartila." Yani they had to pray half of the night. That's half that's, the that's, 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 that's the time long. period, right? So Allah is saying to them. So it's important, I, I don't want people to move on from here. Allah left it general. He didn't restrict a number to it because you're saying it's restricted. Mm. Allah is the one talking here and he's leaving it unrestricted. That's not the only verse I'm using. I have all the verses in the Quran that talk about Qiyamul Layl. Every verse, Atahaddaq, I challenge you to bring me a verse where there's a restriction to it. Allah says, عباد الرحمن الذين يمشون على الأرض هونا وإذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما والذين يبيتون لربهم سجدا وقياما Allah left it unrestricted. سجدا وقياما Allah also says, ليس سواء من أهل الكتاب أمة قائمة يتلون آيات الله آناء الليل وهم يسجدون. Unrestricted again. Again, Ya Ayyuhal Muzzammil, Qum al-Layla illa qalila, Nisfahu, Aw inqus minhu qalila, Aw zida alayhi, Waratil al-Qur'an tartila. This was in Mecca, okay, you can say it's abrogated. What about, Wadhkur isma rabbika bukratan wa asila, Wa min al-layli fasjud lahu, Prostrate to him. Wasabbihhu, Exalt him. Laylan tawilan the whole night. Allah also says, Amman huwa qanitun ana al-layli sajidan, Wa qa'iman yahdharu al-akhirata wa yarju rahmata rabbi Qul hal yastawi al-lazina ya'lamuna wal-lazina la ya'lamun Innama yatadhakkaru ulul albab Again unrestricted Inna al-muttaqina fi jannati wa'uyun Akhirina ma'atahum rabbuhum Innaum kanu qabla thalika muhsinin Kanu qalila min al-layli ma'yahja'un Wa bil-ashaarihum yastaghfirun Wa bil-ashaarihum yastaghfirun Again it's left unrestricted إِنَّمَا يُؤْمِنُوا بِآيَاتِنَا الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهَا خَرُّوا سُجَّدًا وَسَبَّحُوا بِحَمْدَ رَبِّهِمْ وَهُمْ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ تَتَجَافَى جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ Unrestricted Then you spoke about the hadith Bukhari Muslim both narrated So this is the point now, you're right, this is the point the general and the unrestricted evidence is they don't harm my position. I agree with you. These no, are you're saying it is restricted. I'm saying that what's restricted is the hadith I mentioned. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to So the, the ayat in the Quran can be I'm totally unrestricted. To That's okay. I'm going to make, I'm going to discuss with you hadith of Aisha. But I first want to start from the beginning. Okay. Ayat of the Quran doesn't give it any restriction. And then the Prophet said, we have hadith from the Prophet, which is, you said to me, you don't have any qawliya, right? Yeah, that's right. I have. Okay. Abdullah ibn Umarin, hadith for Sahihain, Bukhari Muslim. أن رجل سأل رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم a man clearly and categorically asked the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم for something he asked him about what صلاة الليل he asked him about that night prayer the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said to him صلاة الليل مثنى مثنى فإذا خشي أحدكم الصبح صلى ركعة واحدة توتر له ما قد صلى you said here but first let me explain the hadith yeah please صلاة الليل is two 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 فإذا خشي أحدكم if one of you is scared الصبح صلاة الفجر صلى ركعة 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 واحدة توتر له ما قد صلى you come with a witter that will conclude your prayer for you you said here the Prophet ﷺ the man asked the Prophet about the kafiyah where where did you get that from 
When he's talking about mathna mathna, he's talking about the kafir. How? It could be argued that he's talking about this means that you pray two rak'at and then you have the tasneem. No, this is not true. It's to say that the Prophet sallallahu the Prophet didn't say that. He just, the narration says, and A man asked the Prophet about the night prayer. Khalas. Yes, you didn't ask him about the number of rak'at. Of course, why, why, why are you eliminating that for? I'm not eliminating, I'm saying it could be that, it could be how to pray. I'm going to say be to shad. a great imam, Hafid ibn Hajar. The hadith is in where? It's in Bukhari and Muslim. We're going to go to Sahih Bukhari, right? We're going to go to this great imam who's spent 16 years of his life dedicated to explaining Bukhari, right? Hafid ibn Hajar. Ibn Hajar said and alluded to that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was here was being what asked about the alluded to what is he gave, and he gave options that uh-huh. was not the only option he gave which is true that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was asked either about the adad the number or whether it should be connected or disconnected hmm. but the kafi that's what I mean by kafiya do so you I I'm I'm not eliminating kafiya okay Jamil but you can't say that this was what the Prophet was asked that's my point okay fine I agree you could be asked about both so my point is not from that. Okay. My point is that the Prophet said two, two, and he left it. And he said to the man, subha. If one of you is scared of Fajr, and you know and I know this qa'idah very well, the Prophet will never delay a need for something when it arises without clarifying. Hmm. Agreed. He said two, two. This man, it seems like he doesn't know anything about Qiyamul Layl. That's why he asked the Prophet about Qiyamul Layl. <laughs> is this your mafum of it? Uh, it's not mafum, it's a sarih from the hadith. Someone, but someone can ask a question about a particular. You just said kafiyah. Someone can ask a question about a You just said, now nah, forget someone else. Okay. You just said yeah. right now, yeah. and he asked about the Prophet and the kafiyah. Let's take your word for it. Okay. Kafiyah means how to pray, right? As in, how should I do, break it up two by two? Should I do it four by four? So he doesn't know. Uh, he doesn't know that aspect. It doesn't mean he doesn't know anything about kafiyah. So why do you say he ask kafiyah? Because that is part of the kafir, right? Should I break it up two by two? Should I do four by four? Should I do? He's asking. It doesn't mean there's not anything about it. That's that's no, but the hadith that's, that's an exaggeration. The, no, 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 it's not exaggeration. It's the lie of the hadith. A man came to the prophet and he asked him about qiyamul layl. Meaning he doesn't know qiyamul layl. He's asking the prophet. How would he even heard about qiyamul layl if he doesn't know anything about it? How Hearing he it doesn't mean you know it. Okay. He came and asked the prophet about qiyamul layl. From the hadith, the lie of the hadith is the man doesn't know. Here now, when he asked the prophet about qiyamul layl. Mm-hmm. The Prophet did not والسلام, say to him, by the way, it's restricted to 11. That two I mentioned, he can't delay the need when it arises. Right now, this man needs to know the restriction as well because you're making it very important. You're saying it's a bid'ah. It's not allowed to increase it. So why here does he not say to him, it's capped on the 11? Why does mm-hmm. he leave him to think that it's 222 until Fajr? That's a hujjah and a proof against so Another hadithun sarihun sahihun. Okay. It's sarih and it's sahih. And I'm going to mention Sheikh Al-Albani weakened it. Inshallah ta'ala is the hadith Abu Hurairah. You probably have it here. Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala adwi said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said La bi This is the one with Tahir ibn Amr in it. Tahir ibn Amr al-Rabi. Okay, I have it. Abu Hurairah mentioned that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said do not do witr three witr that resembles Maghrib, the way Maghrib is prayed. Don't make it like that. Okay. وَلَكِنْ أَوْتِرُوا بِخَمْسٍ So if you're going to pray the three, in another narration, we have to pray in a way that it doesn't resemble Maghrib. That's one. وَلَكِنْ أَوْتِرُوا بِخَمْسٍ But do witr with five. أَوْ بِسَبْعٍ سَبْعٍ أَوْ بِتِسْعٍ نَعٍ أَوْ بِإِحْدَ عَشَرَةٍ أَوْ إِلَفٍ أَوْ أَكْثَرَ مِنْ ذَلِكٍ Or more than that. 
الإمام الحاكم نريت ديس أنبيهقي أندار قطني حاكم سيد ديس حديث على شرط الشيخين It's the condition of Bukhari and Muslim الإمام الذهبي said you know what you're right ووافقه الذهبي الذهبي agreed with him Now you're right you already pointed it out There is a man by the name of who طاهر بن عمل بن الربيع ابن الطارق شيخ ناصر رحمه الله تعالى رحمة واسعة He said this man I haven't come across him He's مجهول basically Some of the scholars even mentioned he's Majhul al-Hal. There's two types of Majhul, Majhul al-Ayn and Majhul al-Hal. His situation is not known, this man. Okay, we know it. We know who he is. Anyone who claims that they don't know his situation will say, we've come across his situation, we've, we've researched him. His name is called Habashi ibn Amr al-Hilali. Scholars have narrated from him. Imam al-A'imma ibn Khuzayma narrated from him. Muhammad ibn Nasr al-Marwazi, who's his student, also narrated from him. Abu Abdullah Muhammad ibn Nasr al-Marwazi. Al-Hasan ibn Habib, Habib al-Dimashqi, narrated from him. Al-Hafidh Muhammad ibn Asam, also took from him, narrated from him. Abu Awanat al-Isfrayini, he has a kitab called Al-Mustakhraj ala Sahih Muslim, where he conditioned, he said, everyone I mention in this book is going to be authentic. In he mentions him. The scholars that mention his biography is Khatib al-Baghdadi. He mentions him. In his kitab, Mudhu Awham al-Jam'i wa-Tafriq. Hafidh al-Makula. In his kitab, Tahdeeb al-Mustamir al-Awham. Hafidh al-Hajr. In the Nuzhatul al-Bab fi al-Alqab. All of those people have mentioned his biography. Muhammad Nasr al-Marwazi authenticated this hadith. In his kitab, Qiyam al-Layl. Hafidh al-Iraqi, the teacher of Hafidh al-Hajr. In his kitab, Tarhu al-Tathrib, he authenticated this hadith. Ibn al-Qayyim also, in his Ulam al-Waqi'in, he authenticated this hadith. So this hadith, the claim that was mentioned about it is weak. Now, this hadith shows us what the Prophet ﷺ clearly said what? Oh, أَكْثَرَ مِنْ ذَلِكَ He mentioned 11 and he said even more than that. Which shows us, points towards what? My argument that this act of taraweeh uh, is what? Unrestricted. It's unrestricted. Okay, you mentioned Shaykh. Another, another, oh. another, uh, Fadl. No, no, please, you go ahead. Ibn Jurajin mentioned, he said, أخبرني عتبة بن محمد بن الحارث أن عكرمة مولى بن عباس And I want to show you the Sahabas, their understanding of that it is نواف المطلقة And then I'm going to bring you the ijma' that is نواف المطلقة <laughs> There's no difference of opinion. It's نواف المطلقة, it's ijma' on it. So scholars transmitted the ijma' I'm going to mention them. First I want to mention these narrations. Listen to this عكرمة who was مولى بن عباس أخبره he told him He told Utbah ibn Muhammad ibn al-Harith, he told him, he said, وَفَدَ ibn عَبَّاسٍ عَلَى مُعَاوِيَةٍ Ibn Abbas came as a delegation to Muawiyah. In Sham. فَكَانَ Both of them, يَسْمَرَانِ They were both whispering and talking and you know, like two people who haven't met each other in a long time. And they're also re- related as well. Okay. Both of them are related. They were talking, hugging, talk, like two people haven't seen. حَتَّى شَطْرَ اللَّيْلِ Until half of the night. فأكثر or even more the narration mentioned فشهد ابن عباس مع معاوية العشاء الآخرة so they prayed the عشاء together ذات ليلة في المقصورة إن مقصورة مقصورة by the way is when Umar was murdered and killed by Abu Lu'lu' al-Majusi an issue arose for the rulers at that time which wasn't commonly known before that okay. which is that the rulers used to pray with the people normally they used to go into the place and just pray with the people But after the issue of Umar and the, the attempt of killing Muawiyah, hmm. remember Ali was 
killed. Mm. Like in Muawiyah, the person didn't manage to kill him. Nor did they manage to kill Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As. They were, trying, they, they were targeting them three at the same time. So what happened was, the rulers, what they did was, they started to make themselves a place within the masjid that they pray separate from the people. So as a security measure? As a secu- security measure. Okay. So, um, Muawiyah was praying inside there. فَلَمَّا فَرَغَ مُعَاوِيَةَ رَكَعَ رَكْعَةَ الْوَاحِدَةً When he finishes Isha, Muawiyah just prayed one rak'ah. ثُمَّ لَمْ يَزِدْ عَلَيْهَا After his uh, Isha, he only prayed Witr. And he didn't add on to it. وَأَنَا أَنظُرُ إِلَى عِكْرِمَةً I was looking at him. فَجِئْتُ مِنْ عَبَّاسٍ I came to Ibn Abbas and I said to him, فَقُلْتُ أَلَا أَضْحَكُ مِنْ مُعَاوِيَةَ and he only prayed one rak'ah, lam yazid alayha, and he never added on to it. Look what he said to him. By the way, you know what's profound about that? How many of us don't pray our sunnah, do the same thing? And our prayer, his, his prayer is one rak'ah, is probably longer than our Islam. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just went. And he's a leader at that time, subhanAllah, the way they would observe the, the witr. Ibn Abbas said to Ikrimah, he, he got it right, my son. لَيْسَ أَحَدُ مِنَّا أَعْلَمَ مِنْ مُعَاوِيَةً None of us are more Allah knowledgeable Allah. than Muawiyah. إِنَّمَا هِيَ وَاحِدَةٌ It's one. أو خمس أو سبع أو أكثر من ذلك أو مُوضَنَّتْ يُوتِرُ بِمَا شَاءَ This is what you wanted to translate. This, this is what I want to translate in English for the people. Oh, it's one. If the person wants. Five. If the person wants. Seven. If the person wants. Or even more than that, you tell me the person could do witr as much as they want. You tell me where do we take witr man? Qiyamulayl. Shafi'i narrated that Abdul Razak bin Hamami Salani and Al Bayhaqi. Ibn Abbas also said, Ida outara awil layla, fala yashfa birakatim, wasalla fashafatan hatta yusbiha, fakana ata yufti yakulu, Ida outara min awari layl. Again, the statement of the Sahabas is like that. Ibn Abbas is saying, by the way, this is a topic I want to talk about in another position, which is if a person prayed Taraweeh, Ibn Abbas is talking about here, and they prayed their witr, they did their witr. When they wake up the second time, this is another prayer. Just don't do witr again because there's no two witrs in the night, but you can pray after that witr. Inshallah ta'ala, that's another issue we want to mention. So what did I, did I mention? Those narrations. Now, Akhil Karim, we have ijma'at that was transmitted to us. Consensus that have been transmitted in this issue by three great imams I'm going to mention. The first of them, Ibn Abdul Bar, rahimahullah ta'ala. Ibn Abdul Bar, he said, وَقَدْ أَجْمَعَ الْعُلَمَاءِ The scholars have unanimously agreed upon. Now somebody might be watching and thinking, what's this ijma'at for? Go back to what I was saying. I was saying, and it was my argument, I'm still on my first point, hmm. which is that the the Qiyamul uh, Layl is from the Nawafil Al-Mutlaqa. I mentioned all those evidences for it. Now I'm mentioning the Ijma' that the scholars by unanimous agreed upon, uh, unanimously agreed that it is from the Nawafil Al-Mutlaqa. Ibn Abdul Bar said, وَقَدْ أَجْمَعَ الْعُلَمَاءُ على ألا حد ولا شيء مقدرا في صلاة الليل. انتهى كلامه. سينجش. He said وقد أجمع العلماء the scholars are unanimously in agreement 
على الا حدد there's no restriction ولا شيء مقدرا في صلاه الليل and that the night prayer there is not an amount designated for it وانها نافله that it's a voluntary prayer فمن شاء طال anyone who wants to lengthen it فيها القيامه وقلت ركعاته ومن شاء اكثر الركوع والسجود anyone who wants to shorten and pray 11 he can anyone who wants to pray more ركوع and sujood he can is that not the definition of nawafil mutlaqa you know the ijma' the concept ijma' which i think we need another podcast on it but is this a source that we take our religion from of course so if it's a, it's a proof fama yushaqiq ar-rasul min ba'd ma tabayyana lahu al-huda wa yattabi' ghayra sabil al-mu'minin an wallihi ma tawalla wa nuslihi jahannam wa sa'at masira my ummah do not agree upon falsehood this ayah says anyone who follows a path other than Allah and his messenger and the believers the believers here means the consensus of the Muslims as Imam Shafi'i mentioned so if, that, if, if that's the case and we're talking about an issue that is differed upon between the ulama is it only 11 can it be mutlaqa can it be unrestricted that is opinion is a strange shared opinion my question is if you bring an ijma doesn't that mean there cannot be a second opinion that is it this is the only opinion which is your opinion yeah. so why are we saying this why would you believe it's a valid difference of opinion then? what do you mean do you believe it's a valid difference of opinion if someone holds on to the point that it's only 11 I, I believe that the view Sheikh Albani is coming with is a it's a fringe it's not a يعني, uh, a view that he has a, a bulk of scholars that hold it like the issue of niqab for example hmm. of course it's not the same weight this issue, I'm telling you, from the ulama, when you look at it, you don't tend to find anyone. Is there anyone aside from him? Sahib al-Kitab al-Tuhfat al-Ahwadi al-Mubarakafuri, the Indian scholar, preceded Sheikh Albani in this. Okay. And it's like Sheikh Albani really took his opinions. Al-Qadr Iyad al-Yahsubi said the same thing. There's another ijma' from another imam. He said, وَلَا خِلَافَ There is no difference of opinion. أنه ليس في ذلك حد لا يزاد عليه ولا ينقص منه وأن صلاة الليل من الطاعات التي كلما زاد فيها زاد الأجر وإنما الخلاف في فعل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وما اختاره لنفسه there is all of the khilaf they have is which one is better so what was Sheikh Al-Bani's response to the ijma'at was he not aware of them let me finish my ijma'at first okay. <laughs> the last person is Al-Iraqi Hafid Al-Iraqi Rahimahullah in his kitab Talhu Al-Tathrib he said وَقَدِ اتَّفَقَ الْعُلَمَاءُ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ حَدٌ مَحْصُورٌ وَقَدِ اتَّفَقَ الْعُلَمَاءُ the scholars have all agreed عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ حَدٌ مَحْصُورٌ there's no limit to it it's from those acts you could just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. that's what Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah mentioned. Ibn Taymiyyah didn't transmit an ijma' but he mentioned this opinion rahimahullah ta'ala that it is what? That it's a voluntary prayer you can pray as you wish. Mm. That you can go and keep doing it and keep doing it and there's no need to stop at a particular point. Also this is what the Salaf were upon. Qatibatan, all of them. Atah ibn Abi Rabah is saying, he's a tabi'i. He's saying, adraktu nasa. Who's he talking about? The companions. Of course. Them. And the senior tabi'een he's talking mm-hmm. about. الناس, I reached the people وهم يصلون ثلاثا وعشرين ركعة بالوتري. صحيح. ثابت. No dispute about the authenticity. No dispute. Authenticate. Authentic. He's not the only person. If it was one or two, it's not. Dawood ibn Qaysan is saying أدركت الناس بالمدينة. Of course, he says مدينة. This is where the wahy came down. أدركت الناس بالمدينة. I met the people in مدينة في زمن عمر بن عبد العزيز. وأبان ابن عثمان يصلون ستا وثلاثين ركعة they were praying 36 ركعة ويوترون بثلاثين and they were with three 
الفضل بن دكين ابو نعيم فضل بن دكين شيخ احمد بن حنبل ويحمل معين لا شيخ هي منشز فروم سعيد بن عبيد ان علي بن ربيعه كان يصلي بهم في رمضان خمسه ترويحات ويوتر بثلاث راه بن ابي ابن ابي شيبه سعيد بن جبير دستون بن عباس يعني وقاء منشز some of the scholars weaken this chain because of Wiqa ibn Iyasin they did Sa'id ibn Jubayrin ya'umuna he said fi Ramadana fayusalli bina 20 laylatan 6 tarawihat fa idha kana al-ashr al-akhir i'takafa fi al-masjid wa salla bina 7 tarawihat yani the voluntary prayers was a lot now I want to go back to something you mentioned okay and I really want us to understand the qiyamul layl of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam this is all me trying to show that my argument in this issue is that it is nawafil mutlaqa. Now I want to talk about the rak'at of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, okay. how he used to pray. Okay. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he prayed eleven and thirteen. When you say thirteen, the people who pray eleven rak'at in tarawih also pray thirteen. Why? Because we said the qiyamul layl is from Isha to Fajr. And these people, after praying the for the, the obligatory Isha prayer, they now pray two from the Rawatib for the Sunan, Sunnah of Isha. That's okay. two. There's no narration. Right? Hold on. Well, let, let just finish. Let me just so the people understand. Then they pray eight Talawih. That makes it ten. Then they pray <coughs> three Wittal. Thirteen. Thirteen is not an issue for us. There's no narrations that show Isha. There are some for Fajr, the Turak al Fajr, but there is no evidences. That show or prove Isha. That is a burden upon the person who claims Isha is involved here. There's no evidence for that. When you say evidence, you mean it's not specifically stated this was a Sunnah or what? There's no riwayat or asanid or turuq that shows the two Sunnah of Isha was there. It, what I'm saying is there doesn't need to be because you said the Qiyamul Layl is from when until when? Isha until Fajr. My position is the Prophet Sallallahu can pray 13 in that time. I'm saying to you, you have to prove to us. Because these people, the, the narration I'm going to mention, they are being asked about the Prophet Sallallahu Witr. They've been asked about the Prophet's Qiyamul Layl. Okay, this is what they've been asked. Yeah. For you to say that the two first ones are Isha Sunnah, you would have to bring a proof for that. But I'm going through your introduction. You said the Qiyamul Layl takes place from Isha to, from Fajr. Isha to Fajr. I'm saying Qiyamul Layl is right. Qiyamul Layl. And also, that is Isha Sunnah is prayed at that time. Yes. So you so put the two together. No, you know, I want proof from you that these two have come together. That's Fajr has happened. Some narrations we ac- we accept that, where they counted it and they mentioned that two Sunnah mm. of Fajr is in there. Okay. Like in Isha, there's no evidence for that. Do you understand my point? So it could be the two Sunnah Fajr in there as well. That's a good argument. Okay. Be- better than Isha. Because there's no evidence for Isha Aslan. That alludes to it. No one's counted that. Let me now go through. I'm going to eliminate the Fajr one. But I'm, let me start with the 11 first. Okay. There are three Sifa that has been transmitted to, to us regarding the 11 Raka'ah. There are three forms of the 11 Raka'ah. Okay. I want to show you the hadith I actually used and what is, is, is in, the discu- in, in the reality or the discussion. First one is the Sifatul Ula is the hadith of Zurara. And Sa'd ibn Hisham ibn Amirin arad al-ghaz. Ama arad an yaghzu. Sa'd ibn Hisham ibn Amirin wanted to go for a battle. Fi sabi lillah. 
فقدم المدينة he came to the city of Medina فأراد أن يبيع عقارا له he wanted to sell a property that he owned okay and the reason why he wanted to do that is فيجعله في السلاح والكراعي he wanted to place it inside what he wanted to invest in swords okay. and horses so he wanted to sell all his property and his belongings and he wanted to invest in what Swords and horses. Horses. So when he did that, when you jahid al Rome, and he wanted to fight with the Romans, hatta yamut until he dies. فلما قدم المدينة لق لقي أناسا من أهل المدينة. He came to the city of Medina. He met people from the people of Medina. فنهوه عن ذلك. They prohibited him from this. وأخبروه أن they told him أن رهطا ستة أرادوا ذلك في حياة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. They said what you're trying to do. Six men at the time of the Prophet tried to do something similar to it. فَنَهَاهُمْ نَبِيُّ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وسلم, And the Prophet prohibited those six men from what they were doing. وَقَالَ And the Prophet said to those six men, أَلَيْسَ لَكُمْ فِيَّ أُسْوَةِ Am I not a role model for you? The Prophet said to them. فَلَمَّا حَدَّثُوهُ بِذَلِكَ When they told Sa'ad ibn Hisham ibn Amirin this, رَاجَ عَمْرَاتُهُ He divorced his wife. So he said to his wife, I take you back. وَقَدْ كَانَ طَلَّقَهَا he divorced her previously mm-hmm. and he and he wanted to cut away from the yes. whole entire world all of his properties he was selling he wanted to he wanted to divorce his wife he wanted to just buy horses and yani swords and go and fight until he dies then he heard about this narration of the prophet and then he was told that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam a group of people so he took his wife back he grew a group of people he said witness that i've taken my wife back when he took his wife back uh, he came to ibn abbas when he came to Ibn Abbas, he asked him about an witri Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa the Prophet's witr. Abdullah ibn Abbas said to him, Ala adulluka ala a'lami ahli al-ardi bi witri Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Shall I tell you someone who's more knowledgeable, the most knowledgeable person, when it comes to the Prophet's witr? Shall I tell you? He goes, who? He said, Aisha radiallahu anha. Fa'ataha. So he came to Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Fa'sa'alaha and he asked her. He said to Ibn Abbas, sorry, sorry, Ibn Abbas said, go to Aisha and ask her. Okay. But he said, Fatini, come to me, فأخبرني بردها. I want you to tell me what she says. Hmm. So Ibn Abbas is saying, go to Aisha, then bring me back the answer, what she says. This is an, the, the, how the scholars were before. They used pastor, if they knew someone was more knowledgeable, more qualified Allah than Allah them, Allah. they would say, go to that person. Allah they Allah. were never embarrassed to say that. He said, فانطلقت. I went. Hisham, Sa'ad ibn Hisham, he said, I got ready and I left. There was a man by the name of Hakim ibn Aflah. Hakim ibn Aflah was related to Aisha. By the way, sorry to interject. Ibn Abbas, did he know about Qiyam al at that time? Did he know? Yeah, yeah, he did. Of course he did. It's an evidence what goes back to what I was saying before. He told the man, go ask Aisha radiallahu anha and come back to the answer. Just because he's asking about it doesn't mean. This is a proof for us and not against us. Shay. Go ahead. You know why? Why? The Prophet, and it's the point I'm going to bring later. The Prophet prayed different times, different ways, different forms. And Ibn Abbas wanted to hear Aisha's form of the way she saw the Prophet pray. <laughs> Jameel. So this is, this is all these narrations I'm, I'm mentioning are different turuq of how the Prophet prayed, different salib, different sifa. Sheikh Al-Bani, this is the ishkal. Hmm. He's taking one narration 
And what about the rest of mm. the other narrations? He's trying to jumble all of them and align them with the 11. It's like a preconceived opinion and trying to bring everything else he hears in, in line so with that. So he's got 11, agree, he's, and he's got 11, and he believes that Rahimullah wa rahmatullah wa to be the, the, the strongest opinion. Yeah. So every other narration he comes across, he forces it to align, align with that. Mm. In reality, when I read his book, it's forcing. 13, it's, yani this because it has to be 11. Everything, because Aisha said this, it has to be 11. He's forcing it to be an 11. This is Ishkal. Why don't you say that all of them are different times, different situations? It's more okay. easier, more, and it's what the great Imams of Islam understood from it. Sorry, I interjected halfway through. So Ibn Abbasin said, Go to Aisha, tell me what she says, and come back. Sa'ad ibn Hisham ibn Amirin, he said, Okay. He went and found a man by the name of Hakim ibn Aflah. Hakim ibn Aflah is related to Aisha. He said, Look, let's both, both go to Aisha. Let's tag along and go to Aisha. Hakim ibn Aflahin, he said, he said, I'm not going to go close to Aisha. I don't want to meet Aisha, I don't want to go close to her. I prohibited her from a certain thing. I didn't want her to speak about the two parties that were fighting, which was a party that was in line with Uthman and a party that was in line with Ali. Not to say anything about it, to be silent, I told her. She refused what I told her and she went on and she said what she said. Sa'ad ibn Hisham, he said, I swore by Allah that you should come with me. That you're going to come with me. So he goes, okay. You know, by the way, even that, look how the companion didn't want to be alone with Aisha. He wanted always a makhlam present between foreign women. Look how easy we do it. We went towards Aisha. We sought permission into entering. She let us enter. We entered onto her. Aisha now, she can't see them. Because she's got a veil behind. She sits behind a veil. So she can't see who these people are. But from the voice, she recognizes Hakim ibn Aflah. She said, is it Hakim? She recognized him. He said, it is Hakim. Who is with you? He said, Sa'ad ibn Hisham. She said, Man Hisham? Sa'ad ibn Hisham. His father's Hisham. Who's Hisham? He said, Hisham ibn Amirin. She said, Ah, Rahimahullah ta'ala. Fatarahamat alayhi wa qalat khayra. She asked Allah's mercy to descend on him and she said good about him. Qala qatada wa kana usiba yawma uhudin. The narrator in the hadith says that he was one of the people that was, يعني, happened to him on the day of Uhud. فَقُلْتُ يَا أُمِّ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ The mother of the believers. And بِئِنِي Tell me. عَنْ خُلُقِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم. I want you to tell me about the Prophet's manners. عليه صلى الله عليه وسلم. قَالَ She said to him أَلَسْتَ تَقْرَأُ الْقُرْآنَ قُلْتُ بَلَى Do you not read the Quran? He said of course I do. قَالَ She said فَإِنَّ خُلُقَ النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم كَانَ الْقُرْآنَ The Prophet's manners was the Quran. He then said, فَهَمَمْتُ أَنْ أَقُومَ I wanted to stand up and say, you know what, I'll get up. وَلَا أَسْأَلْ أَحَدًا عَنْ شَيْءٍ حَتَّى أَمُوتَ And I'm not going to ask anybody anything after that, until I die. From what she just told me, the Prophet's manners <laughs> was the Qur'an. I just wanted to get my head into the Qur'an and be from the people of the Qur'an and not ask anyone anything after that. ثُمَّ بَدَالِي Something then became apparent to me. Not to get up. فَقُلْتُ I said to her, أَنْبِئِينِي عَنْ قِيَامِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ فقالت شي سيد ألست تقرأ يا أيها المزمل 
Do you not read Ya Ayyul Muzammil? Qultu bala I do. Qalat she said, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ افْتَرَضَ قِيَامَ اللَّيْلِ Allah made Qiyam al-Layl obligatory في أول هذه الصورة the beginning of the surah Ya Ayyul Muzammil قُمِ اللَّيْلَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا And in the end, beginning Allah made it obligatory on him. فَقَامَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمَ وَأَصْحَابُ The Prophet stood up and his companions stood up with him. حَوْلًا أَيْتَ 12 months Allah withheld the last part which is Allah withheld that for 12 months for a year they were praying hard after it was obligatory it became a voluntary act Sa'ad said I said Ya Ummul Mu'minin, the mother of the believers. And bi'ini an witira Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Tell me about the Prophet's witir. Now this is Sifatul Ula, this is the first form. Faqalat, she said, kunna nu'iddu lahu siwakahu. We used to prepare his siwak for him. Wa tukhrahu, we prepare his purification for him. Salawatullahi wa salamun alayhi wa Then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, fayab'athu allahu ma sha'an yab'atha min al-layli, fayatasawakuh. He would brush his teeth. He would do his wudu, salawatullahi wa sallam alayhi, wa yusalli tis'a rak'at, nine rak'at. La yajlisu fiha illa fi thamina. Nine rak'at, he would carry on until what? The eighth. Until the eighth. No tashahud in between. Yeah, no tashahud. Yeah. The eighth, he would do what? He would sit down. He would sit at tashahud. But that tashahud was not taslim. There was no salam alayhi salam alaykum. Okay. فَيَذْكُرُ اللَّهِ He will praise Allah in the eighth one. وَيَحْمَدُ وَيَدْعُ ثُمَّ يَنْحَضُ وَلَا يُسَلِّمْ He will get up without doing taslim. ثُمَّ يَقُومُ فَيُصَلِّ التَّاسِعَةً Then he will do the ninth one. ثُمَّ يَقْعُدُ فَيَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ وَيَحْمَدُهُ وَيَدْعُ ثُمَّ يُسَلِّمُ تَسْلِيمًا يُسْمِعُنَا Then he would do the ninth. Where he would do a tashahud in the ninth again. And he would say, Salaam alaykum, Salaam alaykum. Aisha then she said, ثُمَّ يُصَلِّ رَكْعَتَيْنِ بَعْدَ مَا يُسَلِّمْ He'll pray how many? Two more after that, making total of 11. Two, so how much did he have? So he had nine, and then he prayed two more after that. How much would that be? Eleven in total. Eleven. صلى الله عليه وسلم. صلى الله عليه وسلم. So that's the first th- description of praying eleven. ثُمَّ يُصَلِّ رَكْعَتَيْنِ بَعْدَ مَا يُسَلِّمْ وَهُوَ قَاعِدٌ فَتِلْكَ إِحْدَى عَشَرَ رَكْعَتَيْا بُنَيْنِ What did you learn from there? No witr. That was his first, That was the first form of the Prophet, what? Qiyam. So explain that to us. No witr. What do you mean? How is he not paid witr? There's another. There was a form that the Prophet We need this issue when we talk about another issue. We're going to discuss it more. Okay, fine. I just want to stick with this. Ah, okay, yeah. The second sifa, the second form, eleven. By the way, we're going to talk about three forms for eleven. Okay. The second one is Bukhari and Muslim both narrated in Hadith Abi Salama ibn Abdul Rahman. أنه سأل عائشة رضي الله عنها كيف كانت صلاة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم How was the Prophet's prayer? في رمضان إن مطف رمضان قالت عائشة said ما كان يزيد في رمضان ولا في غيره على إحدى عشر ركعة He would not increase Okay In Ramadan or outside Ramadan more than 11 ركعة يصلي أربعا He will pray four So these four are all together It's not two two It's okay. four all together 
فلا تسأل عن حسنهن وطولهن ثم يصلي أربعا فلا تسأل عن حسنهن وطولهن ثم يصلي ثلاثا four and four plus three is how much eleven eleven these four together these okay. four together and then he will pray what three صلى الله عليه وسلم فلا تسأل عن حسنهن وطولهن it was long beautiful well done then Aisha she said she said فقلت يا رسول الله said the Messenger of Allah تَنَامُ قَبْلَ أَن تُوتِرَ Are you going to sleep before you do your witr? The Prophet said, تَنَامُ عَيْنِي وَلَا يَنَامُ قَلْبِي My heart would be awake, my eyes would go to sleep. This was the second form. The third form is what? Muhammad ibn Ja'far ibn Zubayr an Urwata ibn Zubayr he narrated from an Aishata قالت, she said, كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ يُصَلِّي ثَلَاثَ عَشَرَ رَكْعَةً He would pray how many? Thirteen. Thirteen. With the two rak'ah of what? Fajr. Fajr, I agree. This one clearly and categorically says what? The 11 of Qiyamul Layl and what? The two of the Sunnah for Fajr. How? She clearly says that. Yusalli sitan, he'll pray six. Hmm. So mathna, 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 she'll make six of all. Wa yutiru bi khamsin. The two, four, and six, three, right? Yeah. Two, four, six. Yeah. Mathna, 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 sah? Yeah. Wa yutiru bi khamsin. And he would do how many witr? Five. five. He will not sit in those five until the ending. Okay. All connected. Six plus five? Eleven. Eleven. This is another form now. Okay. Those are the three forms that we have of eleven. Of the eleven raka'ah. Okay. We now have the thirteen. Mm. Our mother Aisha narrated it. And Umina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. قالت, she said, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي بالليل ثلاثة عشر ركعة. He would pray thirteen ركعة. ثم يصلي إذا سمع النداء. If he heard the adhan. This was separate from the other previous narration. Sheikh Albani, this is the ishkal. He's emerging the two. This one is clearly saying to you. The other one she's telling you is thirteen here. Here she's separating it. She's saying to you. كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي بالليل ثلاثة عشرة ركعة. He pray thirteen ركعات. ثم يصلي. Then he would pray إذا سمع النداء. Whenever he heard the adhan. بالصبح ركعتين خفيفتين. He pray two ركعات خفيف. Which is what? The sunnah for fajr. That sunnah fajr can't be included in the thirteen. It can't be. But you haven't you haven't limited sunnah isha. Sunnah isha. There's no narration for it. But it could be in there, right? In the time. Hadith Aisha stands. Hadith Aisha stands for previously the one I mentioned for 11 raka'ah where the Prophet said where she said he prayed 13 mm. with the two sunnah fajr. We take it now. Mm. We'll accept that because she said that. But when you use the word yani, the Prophet at night prayed 13 raka'ah and you leave it like that the sunnahs are not in there. Unless a narration clearly mentions that. But you've got the other hadith which I mentioned Bukhari and Muslim. How, isn't that a contradiction now? Which says what? She said she never went past 11 and now she's saying she did, he did no, 13. No, it's different situations. This is but we're gonna all mention all narrations together. Don't worry. Abdullah ibn Abi Qaisin mentioned. He said, "Sa'altu Aisha. I asked Aisha, 'Bikam kana Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam yutiru? How much qiyamul lid did the Prophet used to pray?' Qalat she said, 'Kana yutiru bi arba'in wa thalathin, four and three. How much? Seven. Seven. Wa sitin wa thalathin." Six and three is how much? Nine. Nine. وثمانين وثلاثين. Eight and three. Eleven. Eleven. وعشرين وثلاثين. Ten and three. Thirteen. ولم يكن يوتر بأنقص من سبع. The Prophet never went below seven. 
And he never went what? More than 13. 13. This hadith Alibab Abu Dawood narrated it. Sheikh Albani authenticated it. What do we have here? 13th rak'ah, she said. So when Sheikh Albani authenticated, what he, did he say about it? He said, Sahih. How did he explain it? Then? He keeps bringing it back to the narration yeah. where it's fed yeah. But it's not. But here she uh, says, she says, the question that she was asked was the witter. She was asked, become kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yutiru. It's clearly shows 13 raka'ah Don't you think the reason Sheikh Nasir Rahimahullah is doing that is because he's reconciling the narrations for Aisha radiallahu anha to say he never prayed more than 11. Never. Never prayed more than 11. And then she's narrating that he did pray 13. Uh-huh. That means from that 13 there must be a sunnah. Fajr hadith sunnah. Aisha, I'm going to come back to it. I really just want this to okay. be all understood. Fine. And Hadith Aisha, I know you keep pulling on that one. I want to come back for that. For Inshallah. That. Also, Al-Imam Ibn Khuzayma narrated Wabnu Hibban wal Bayhaqi this hadith and Sheikh Albani weakened this hadith it's fair to say and I'll go through why he weakened it and the answer to it Annahu the hadith mentions Al-Aswad ibn Yazidin Annahu dakhala ala Aisha he entered upon Aisha fasa'alaha an salati Rasulillah he asked her about the Prophet's prayer bil-layli at night he said what does the Prophet pray at night فقالت, she said kana yusalli thalatha ashrata rak'a he used to pray 13 rak'a min al-layli then he started to pray 11. He left two rak'as. And the Prophet was taken. He was taken and he only, only used to pray nine. And his last prayer, the last portion of it, it always used to be witter. What does the hadith show? He used to pray 13. And then when he became weaker, he was not able to. He went for 11. And then when he became weaker, he wasn't able to do that. Salawat he, went he went to 9. And his prayer used to finish with the witr. Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abad, I listened to his Sharh Sunnah Abi Dawood Kamilatan. Finished it. Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abad, Rahimahullah Ta'ala. Hafidahullah. Hafidahullah Ta'ala. He's still hay. He says, Walhadithu da'afahu al-Albani. He says, Hadith al-Imam al-Albani weakened it. He says, Wala adri ma wajhu tadrifi. I don't know what, how he weakened it. I remember I wrote it in my book <laughs> like that. I remember. The scholars that authenticated it is Ibn Khuzayma, Ibn Hibban, and Bayhaqi, and Sheikh Shu'ib al Naut. He has a tahqiq on the kitab, Sunnah Abi Dawood. He authenticated it. The reason why Sheikh Albani weakened it is because of two reasons. The first reason he says is Abis Haqa Sabi'i is a mudallis. <laughs> and he used an in this hadith. If a mudallis uses an, he, the hadith is not taken. The second reason he says is because of the da'af of Mansur ibn Abdul Rahman al-Ghudabi. Let me go for the easier one to respond to and then I'll go back to this harder okay. part. As for Mansur ibn Abdul Rahman al-Ghudabi, there are scholars who considered him to be mawthukh. Some scholars. Hmm. Unrestrictedly they did tawthiq of him. From them is Ibn Ba'in, Yahya Ba'in and Abu Dawood. And Ibn Hibban added them to the al-thiqat. Even though Ibn Hibban is from the mutasahilin, but he did add them into these kitab al-thiqat. وكان أحمد تهيب أن يتكلم فيه. أحمد used to have some veneration and respect to speak about him. Because of why? Because two great scholars of hadith who are mountains, one of whom was known as Amir al-Mu'minina fil-hadith, 
شعبه ابن حجاج ابو بسطام العتكي narrated from him and اسماعيل بن عليا so احمد because of those two people who narrated from him he avoided saying anything about him mm-hmm. one point he said about him صالح روى عنه شعبه he's right صالح ان شاء الله شعبه narrated from him one time he said ثقه he's ثقه حدث عنه اسماعيل بن عليا وشعبه yes he's not a ثقه ثبت بهذه الطريقه لكن حديث حسن Say Sheikh Albani makes it tadif or makes him da'if, that's not. Okay? Yes, Abu Hatim al-Razi did say about him and uh, rahimahullahu ta'ala uh, that he is a weak person. Like we know Abu Hatim al-Razi, he is considered from the mutashaddidina fi rijal He's a bit harsh when it comes to the narrators. Abi, and, uh, Ibn, Abi Ishaq al-Sabi'ina, he's a mudallis, the hadith has shawahid. Hmm. The hadith has shawahid to strengthen it. So his talis is not a problem. Now, so Medellis means that if he makes the least, it suggests that he might be dropping some from the chain. But you're saying they're supporting narrations for it, so it's no issue. Some people looked at the hadith of Aisha and they said, Here she's saying 11, here she's saying 13. What is happening here? Correct. Abu Abbas al Qurtubi said, Ashkelet riwayatu Aisha ala kathirim min ahli ilmi, hatta nasaba ba'dum haditha ila dirab. Aisha's hadith, like they saw 13. 11 different sifa and all of that and then they said you know what it's mumadharib it's all contradicting one another yes this would have been an argument if one narrator is bringing so many different forms from her or she said one time and then everybody narrating it from her is different mm-hmm. in the way that they're narrating that which is correct is أن كل شيء ذكرته من ذلك محمول محمول على أوقات متعددة وأحوال مختلفة بحسب نشاط وبيان الجواز والله أعلم. All of it is in regards to the Prophet's enthusiasm. When he was very enthusiastic, he goes for 13. Hmm. When he felt a bit, he went for 11. When he felt even weaker, he wasn't able to, he went down. Salawat الله وسلم عليه. The riwayat of Aisha, everyone who came, she was telling him different. Al-Aswad bin Yazid, something else. Abi Salama, different, something else. This is all that which she heard from. Similar to that Ibn Khuzayma said. Ibn Abbas also mentioned 13. Ibn Abbas, he said, when he slept in the house of his auntie Maymuna, he said, uh, Quray bin mentioned, and Ibn Abbas, Ibn Abbas told him, أَنَّهُ بَاتَ عِنْدَ مَيْمُونَ وَيَا خَالَتُهُ فَضَّجَعَتْ فِي عَرْضِ وِسَادَةٍ he said, I slept on a, the Prophet's mattress with. Mm-hmm. And the Prophet <laughs> and the Prophet's family day. Wow. Height. Midnight. Half of the night. Or was close to it. The Prophet woke up, started to wipe from his face to sleep. The Prophet recited what? Ten verses from Ali Imran. There was a little place where yani, his water skin was, was tied, tied to. He took it at Sallallahu and he did his wudu alayhi And he perfected his wudu. Ibn Abbas and he said, مثله, I did exactly what he was doing. He did the wudu, I did it with him. He prayed, I stood and prayed up with him. But I went on the wrong side of him. So he grabbed me and he put me on the right side. And then he said, ثُمَّ صَلَّى رَكْعَتَيْنِ Listen to this. ثُمَّ صَلَّى رَكْعَتَيْنِ ثُمَّ رَكْعَتَيْنِ ثُمَّ رَكْعَتَيْنِ 
ثم ركعتين ثم ركعتين ثم ركعتين how many is that 12 overall 12 ثم اوترى so it's one more which is 13 how many 13 overall it's 12 12 and then one more which is 13 13 right ثم ضجع حتى جاءه المؤذن the prophet lie down for a little bit until the muaddin came فقام فصلى ركعتين he prayed two rak'ah خرج فصلى الصبح then he prayed the subah so again eliminating the sunnah of fajr from this 13 Another narration clearly cut to Ibn Abbas, what did he say? كانت صلاة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ثلاث عشرة ركعة يعني بالليل Bukhari and Muslim both narrate him in Hadith Ibn Abbas Does this one have other narrations though that talk about the Fajr? No, this one doesn't Okay Zayd ibn Khalid al-Juhani I'm still talking about the 13 Zayd ibn Khalid al-Juhani mentioned أنه قال لأرمقن صلاة رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الليلة Today he said I'm going to look at the Prophet's prayer What did he say? I'm going to look at the Prophet's prayer today. Meaning, I'm not going to take my eye off his prayer. Fasallah, the Prophet prayed. Rak'atayni, two rak'atayni. This is why some of the scholars mentioned, why Aisha mentioned in your narration, that the Prophet sallallahu never used to increase on 11. They said that she, the two light ones he used to start with, she eliminated that one. Some scholars, they said that. Okay. She started the prayer, the Prophet started the prayer, rak'atayni, khafifatayni. Two rak'ah light. ثم صلى ركعتين. Then he prayed two rak'ah. So how much we have? We have four overall. We right have now. four. ثم صلى ركعتين. Again, again we have six now. Six. ثم صلى ركعتين. Eight overall. ثم صلى ركعتين. Ten together. ثم صلى ركعتين. Twelve. Twelve. ثم أوتر. Which is one more, which is thirteen. فذلك ثلاثة عشرة. Who's narrating this? Zaid ibn Khalid al-Juhani. This hadith is sahih Muslim. There's no dispute or argumentation regarding it. I just mentioned to you, Aisha ibn Abbas, Zaid ibn Khalid al-Juhani, and even Umm Salama, all of them narrating that the Prophet prayed 13. And even in some of them, if there's a discussion between authenticity, that's fine. But some of them, there is no dispute. Like it's you mentioned dispute. the last one. Even Umm Aisha. كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يوتر بثلاث عشر ركعة فلما كبر وضعف أوتر بسبع رواه الترمذي والنسائي من حديث أم سلمة وصححه الألباني. شاء الألباني authenticated this one. There are general texts, أخي, that allow us to pray as much as we want. I already mentioned that صلاة الليل مثنى مثنى فإذا خشي أحدكم صبحا صلى ركعة واحدة توتر له ما قد صلى. It's unrestricted. حديث بخاري مسلم حديث عباس ابن عمر. Also the Prophet said ليصلي أحدكم نشاطة. Any one of you pray according to your energy and your enthusiasm. وإذا فتر فليقعد. And if you're unable to, what do you do? Sit down. رواه البخاري ومسلم. بخاري ومسلم both narrated. A man came to the Prophet Rabi'at ibn Ka'bin. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I want to be with you in Jannah. The Prophet said, فَعِنِّي عَلَى كَثْرَةِ السُّجُودِ You know, help me with coming with a lot of sujood. The Prophet said in the Hadith Sahih Muslim, فَإِنَّكَ لَا تَسْجُدُ لِلَّهِ سَجْدَةً إِلَّا رَفَعَكَ اللَّهُ بِهَا دَرَجَةً وَحَطَّ بِهَا عَنْكَ خَطِيئَةً All of that, what does it show? Unrestriction. Unrestriction. Now let's come to this hadith. Yeah, this is what I was going to say. Now let's come back to this hadith. Then how do you understand the words of Aisha radiallahu anha? Aisha's understanding is that since she narrated 12, uh, 11 and she narrated 13, mm. and we, Aisha's, we've seen this a few times where she's negated something mm. and then she said something again, it's different to it. Our mother Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she said in a hadith, uh, she said, 
when it came to the Prophet's fasting, she said, فَقَالَتْ كَانَ يَصُومُ حَتَّى نَقُولُ قَدْ صَامَ The Prophet and she's talking about Sha'ban. She said that the Prophet, uh, same narrator, Abi Abdul Rahman, Abi Salamat ibn Abdul Rahman, narrating from Aisha. When it came to the Prophet's fasting, she said, فَقَالَتْ she said, كَانَ يَصُومُ He used to fast حَتَّى نَقُولُ قَدْ صَامَ Until he said he fasted all. وَيُفْطِرْ who break his fast حَتَّى نَقُولُ قَدْ أَفْطَرَ That the Prophet is not going to fast at all. وَلَمْ أَرَى This is the part that concerns me. She said, وَلَمْ أَرَهُ صَائِمًا مِنْ شَهْرٍ قَطْ I have never seen a month where the Prophet ﷺ fasted قَطٌ أَكْثَرَ مِنْ سِيَامِهِ مِنْ شَعْبَانَ The way he fasted شَعْبَان كَانَ يَصُومُ شَعْبَانَ كُلَّهِ He used to fast شَعْبَان in its entirety. But then we have the hadith of Sa'ad ibn Hisham ibn Amirin, which I mentioned before, hadith Sahih Muslim, when Zurara narrated from Sa'ad ibn Hisham, when he went and visited Aisha, Ibn Abbas told him, go to her. What did she say to him? She said to him, وَلَا صَامَ شَهْرًا كَامِلًا غَيْرَ رَمَضَانِ There was not an entire month which the Prophet ﷺ fasted in its entirety other than Ramadan. It doesn't mean never, it means really. That's the only way to bring the narrations together. Okay. So when, when you mentioned the, you, the narration that you mentioned, مَا كَانَ يَزِيدُ That the Prophet ﷺ مَا كَانَ يَزِيدُ فِي رَمَضَانَ وَلَا فِي غَيْرِهِ عَلَى إِحْدَ عَشَرَ رَكْعَةً it's, we, it's safe to say قَلَّمَا يَزِيدُ She's trying to say mm. Little did he increase on that number That was the Prophet's favorite, favorite number Okay, that's fair And some of the scholars Basically choose that As the most virtuous one to do But she's the one who narrated In Bukhari She is the one who said كَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ يُصَلِّي بِاللَّيْلِ ثَلَاثَ عَشَرَةَ رَكْعَةَ ثُمَّ يُصَلِّي إِذَا سَمِعَ النِّدَاءَ بِالصُّبْحِ رَكْعَتَيْنِ خَفِيفَتَيْنِ Which shows that she doesn't mean the negation the way the people understood it so there's a question that would come from the other side now how do you what gives you the right why do, why wouldn't you just say little why would you say never why would you, why would you say little the possibility could be as I said to you that she has not added the first two ones that we pray the Prophet did tell us in Hadith Sahih Muslim in Hadith Abi Hurairah if one of you stands up at night start with two rak'ah which is light so that's why she said never because she never went more than 13. 11 plus so That's how maybe she didn't count it. Even Muslim, she narrates it. She says, Kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ida qama min al-layli li yusalli iftataha salatu bi rak'atayni khafifatayni. She's saying that. He used to start with two rak'ah which is khafif. Maybe she eliminated those two from the discussion. And uh, and just to respond to the question that might come that she's saying one thing, you're saying sometimes she does this, radiallahu anha, and therefore this is an instant where she's doing this. It's not pick and choose. It's when other evidences are brought together and you have to reconcile everything. Right? Also, since this is a not an action, which is, is from the nawafilul mutlaqa, like the istighfar, which is from the nawafilul mutlaqa, the Prophet we know in the narrations, the narrations mention, the Prophet used to do Can a person now come and he say If you do istighfar 200 times for example And you follow the ayah That you're doing an innovation mm. We already agreed that it's from the nawafil al-mutlaqa And the istighfar is from the nawafil al-mutlaqa It's from these you just unrestrictedly have to do Just like hajj for example Hajj is from the nawafil al-mutlaqa The Prophet did hajj once only Alayhi salatu salam if somebody does 50 times hajj, is there any problem with it? And they follow the hadith Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma Tabi'u bayna al-hajj wal-umrati fa'innahu ma yanfiyani al-faqra wal-dhuluba kama yanfi al-kira Khabath al-hadith 
I follow the hadith, that general evidence, which says that Umrah and Hajj follow them one after the other. Because they remove poverty from you, just like fire and sins. Poverty and sins, it removes it from you. Just like the fire removes any filth and dirt of what? Of the metal when it burns it. Also, let's say Aisha radiallahu anha, she, let's say that the 13 narration, all of that, we dismiss it. Okay. Hmm. Aisha is negating. We have Ibn Abbas and we have Khali, uh, Zayd ibn Khalid al-Juhani. And Aisha radiallahu anha, Umm Salam was also another one. All of these people saw the Prophet pray and Aisha wasn't the only person who used to be with for you to use her as the hakam only. So the principle is when someone negates something and someone affirms something, the person who's negating it might not have seen it. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Whereas the person who's affirming it has seen it. Another thing is, um, why have you dismissed the aqwal al-salaf al-salih rahimahumullah ta'ala fil atibar? Isn't your manhaj al-kitab wa-sunnah bifahmi salaf al-salih? Why have you dismissed what the salaf were upon? We're talking about other companions and other... The companions, what they were upon. We know Umar when the Prophet passed away, Abu Bakr and then Umar, the hadith Abu Huraira narrated, and Rasulullah The Prophet would encourage the companions to pray the Qiyamul Layl without forcing it onto them. And he would say to them, said, The Prophet was passed away and the battle was like that. ثم كان الأمر على ذلك في خلافة أبي بكر وصدرا من خلافة عمر ابن الخطاب. عمر's أبو بكر's time finished and then عمر's time a portion of it passed as well and then عمر brought the people together. There are two narrations from عمر which are all authentic, both of which are authentic. Okay. The first one is the one that you would be pleased with, or the view that you're representing. Muhammad ibn Yusuf. Which is Abd Rahman ibn Al-Qari. When he mentioned, uh, sorry, Muhammad ibn Yusuf, sorry, uh, said that Muhammad ibn Yusuf narrates from Asaib ibn Yazid, Umar ibn al-Khattab commanded both of them to stand up and lead the people. قال وقد كان القارئ يقرأ بالمئين حتى كنا نعتمد على العصي من طول القيام وما كنا ننصرف إلا في فروع الفجر. إلى فروع الفجر means until the beginning of Fajr. They will carry on. Eleven rak'alak. Okay, do you mean? Is that the only narrations that we have? No. There are other narrations that have also been transmitted. That Umar رضي الله عنه led 20 rak'ah. He led or he commanded to lead? He commanded to lead. Ali ibn al-Ja'ad mentioned in his Musnad and Ibn Abi Dhi'bin said عن يزيد بن الخصيفة عن السائب بن يزيد كانوا يقومون على عهد عمر في شهر رمضان بعشرين ركعة وإن كانوا لا يقرؤون بالمئين من القرآن وإن كانوا لا يقرؤون بالمئين من القرآن Here we have what? بعشرين ركعة yeah. So this, this is a problem now you have because it's coming from the same source right? السائب بن يزيد he has one person and he said two contradictory things now. So he said to Muhammad ibn Yusuf, 11 rak'at. He said to Yazid ibn Khusayfa, th- uh, 20 or 23. Is it 20 or 23? 20. 20. 
Now, how do we reconcile this? Sheikh Nasir and people who I'm representing, they bring a few problems with the second narration, which is the one that mentions 20. Ahmed mentioned that Yazid ibn Khusayfa is Munkar al Hadith. That's number one. You want to respond to each one or do you want yeah. I've only got two? Ahmed ibn Hanbal himself He considered him to be reliable. Why do we, why would he say he's Munkar then? The Munkar here, according to the Imatul uh, Jahabida, Al-Mutaqaddimin, was that the word Al-Munkar al-Hadith meant At-Tafarrud. Just like Muhammad, Muhammad ibn Ibrahim Al-Taymi, who's the one of the Rawi who narrated the Hadith, Innam Al-Amalu bin Niyat, Ahmed considered him Munkar al-Hadith. He's the and he's the one who narrated the Hadith Innam Al-Amalu bin Niyat. So you didn't translate in English, but it means he's the only narrator. He's, he's the just, only narrator. Yeah. So they, يعني, if you study Nushat al-Nadhar, في توضيح نخبة الفكر في مصطلح أهل الأثر, you find Ibn Hajar mentioning it there. Okay. Also, he, يعني, great scholars have can, uh, spoken highly of him, and they done tawthiq of him. From them is Abu Hatim, Al-Nasai, Yahya ibn Ma'in, Ibn Sa'din, Ahmed himself, Hafid ibn Hajar in Kitab al-Tahdib. If you go to that, you find it there. Why do you want to specifically take Ahmed when he didn't even mean it like that? Well, Ma'am al-Dhahib, you bring in his book, Mizan al-Tadal, which obviously, as you know, is where the people who are bought have been spoken about. In that book, if we open that door, so many other people he's brought in there who are reliable. He's mentioned in there. Also, the hadith of Yazid ibn Khusayfa has shawahid muta'addida. Many shawahid, I already mentioned it. I don't want to open that door of now discussing the hadith that the ulama agree with hmm. that no one can open the door on it. But from the scholars who authenticated it, is Al-Imam Al-Nawi. Go to the kitab Nasbur Raya by Zayla'i. He brings the quote of Al-Imam Al-Nawi. That he considered the hadith to be sahih. Yeah. So, uh, and not only that, but even Sheikh Nasir himself, he said he was thicker, right? Th- he didn't make him weak. The only issue that he said is that we have two contradictory narrations. We're going to hold on to the one that is in line with Hadith Aisha, radiallahu anha, which is exactly what you were saying before, where he's clinging on to that hadith, rahimahullah. And therefore, he said this is a shahad, this is a narration which is shahad. And uh, yeah, he dismissed it that way. And also, if you go to Ata ibn Abi Rabah, for example, he believes that it's more than t- more than eleven. I met Dawood ibn Qaysin where he mentioned about Zaman Umar ibn Khattab, Al Fadl ibn Dukainin when he mentioned Saad ibn Ubaidin. I also mentioned, يعني سعيد ibn Jubairin, even though there's a dispute regarding it. Also, Abdul Rahman ibn Al Aswad يصلي بنا في رمضان أربعين ركعة ويوتر بسبعين. Ibn Abi Shayba mentioned that. يعني this is Abi Al Bakhtari. أنه كان يصلي خمسة ترويحات في رمضان ويوتر بثلاث ابن أبي شيبة narrated this مالك ابن أنس again if you go to ابن القاسم what he mentioned سمعت مالكا رحمه الله ابن القاسم says I heard مالك يذكر أن جعفر بن سليمان أرسل إليه يسأله أتنقص 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 من قيام رمضان فنهاه عن ذلك فقيل له قد كره ذلك قال نعم وقد قام الناس هذا القيام قديما قيل له فكم القيام فقال تسعا وثلاثون ركعة بالوتر That's what Malik said ابن أيمن even said قال مالك أستحب أن يقوم الناس في رمضان بثمان وثلاثين ركعة I, I, I prefer I would love people to pray 38 ركعة <تصفيق> ثم يسلم الإمام والناس ثم, ثم يوتر بهم واحدة so you have many many innovations many, many Ahmed Muhammad was asked He said Al-Imam al-Shafi'i al-Za'farani 
mentioned from Shafi'i, he said, رَأَيْتُ النَّاسَ يَقُومُونَ بِالْمَدِينَةِ تِسْعًا وَثَلَاثِينَ رَكْعًا وَأَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ عِشْرِينَ أَمْ وَأَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ عِشْرُونَ Sorry. وَكَذَلِكَ يَقُومُونَ بِمَكَّةَ وَلَيْسَ فِي شَيْءٍ مِنْ هَذَا الضِّيقٌ وَلَا حَدٌ يَنْتَهِ إِلَيْهِ لِأَنَّهُ نَافِلَةً لِأَنَّهُ نَافِلَةٌ فَإِنْ أَطَالُوا الْقِيَامَةَ وَأَقَلُّوا السُّجُودَ فَحَسَنٌ وَهُوَ أَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ وَإِنْ أَكْثَرُوا الرُّكُوعَ وَالسُّجُودَ فَحَسَنٌ Muhammad Nasr al-Marwazi mentioned all of this in his kitab Qiyam al-Ramadan So you mentioned 40, you mentioned 39, you mentioned being happy with uh, these are the great 20. imams I mentioned Malik, yeah. Abu Hanifa, uh, sorry Malik, Shafi'i, Ahmed I mentioned their qawl So this issue is يعني, يعني far-fetched argument to say okay. that it's يعني, a matter that we could we have to close the door for okay. So many many narrations you mentioned. I think the two that I've spoken, mo- I've seen spoken most about, are the ones from Estad Ibn Yazid, mm-hmm. and this is something that where someone might look at these two narrations and say, well, how do you reconcile? One is being narrated eleven, one is re- being narrated twenty. How would you reconcile that? It can be two different situations. It can be this will be another day and another day. يعني والجمع واجب متى ما أمكن إلا في الأخير نصغن Two of them are reliable people. It could have been two different situations. And this issue of tarjih, shikal, man, he runs to, and yeah. you have to, min al murajihat, he says, for example, we don't have to do tarjih. We can be jama'. Wallahu alam. I'm looking at the time, and you, I think people can probably see from outside as well. We're approaching Start in Maghrib. So this, inshallah, will be continued on another day. And inshallah, we can close out the episode. Barakallah for joining me today. Assalamu alaikum Okay, so moving on to some generic questions about Salat al Um the first one I think we've already answered actually is uh, do you have to pray two by two or can you pray four by four? And you mentioned in the hadith Aisha radiallahu anha that those four were not disconnected. They were four. So you have the option to pray two by two or four. Or four. Okay. Do you have to finish the whole Quran in Salat al-Taraweeh? No, not necessarily, no. Okay. Better, but no, it's not. You don't have to. Okay. Some masajid, they don't leave much time between the end of Salat al-Asha and the start of Salat al-Taraweeh. Mm-hmm. They rush it very quickly. Mm-hmm. That person who wants to get the reward of praying the rawatib, the sunnah Isha, which comes after the salat of Isha, what should he do in this situation? In the intent, they should add it to the taraweeh, inshallah, with the intention they'll get it, inshallah. First two rak'at of taraweeh has the intention of the rawatib for the sunnah of Isha. Okay, is it permissible to give short reminders in between every four rak'at? Like some of the masajid, they sit down, they give a break, and they give a it short reminder. It shouldn't remind. be always the case. But, uh, now and then, no problem. But it shouldn't be a norm that the people always do. Is it better is it better to pray Salat al-Taraweeh at home or in the masjid? Salat al-Taraweeh is better f- for the people to pray in the masjid is better than praying at home. If, okay. Unless you have a jama'ah you have in your locality where you can lead the qiyam and you have a jama'ah where you can, then no problem. That's, but to pray in the masjid is the best one, which the Prophet ﷺ, what he did at the beginning, and then he changed it, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, um, uh, because of the fear that he had that it might be made obligatory on the people. And the hadith, of course, Imam al-Tirmidhi narrated in hadith Abi Dhar, man qama ma'al imam, yani fi salat al-rawih, hatta yansarifa kutiba lahu qiyamu laylatin. So this won't come unless you pray with an imam, right, in a masjid. You're not going to get that. And Umar radiallahu anhu, when he saw the people all praying separately, hmm. he wanted to bring them all together. So that's the best. That's what Ibn Hajar and the great other scholars know. He even says, Salatul Taraweeh, Sunnatun bi ijma'il ulama, wa tajuzum munfaridan, 
There's two قول One قول says that jama'ah is better And one says that praying by yourself is better The reason why they, there's a dispute anyways Is because the one who memorized the Qur'an And knows the Qur'an And is not scared about being lazy uh, They say if he prays by himself is better Because he's going to get more khushu No one's going to see him It's better for his sincerity As for the one who has يعني, not got much Qur'an, he's scared that he's going to be lazy and he only can keep his momentum by going to the masjid, then for him to go to the jama'ah is better for him. So there's that observation that some of the scholars have. Uh, Ibn al-Qayyim speaks about it. Uh, but Tirmidhi says that Ikhtiyar ibn Mubarak, Abdullah Mubarak's view, and Ahmed ibn Hanbal and Ishaq ibn Rahuya is As-Salatu al-Imam fi shahr Ramadan is better. Okay. That's the view they chose now. You know, on that point that you mentioned about how someone who's not memorized a lot, a lot of Quran, if they want to pray Salat Tarawih at home and they want to extend it, are they allowed to hold the Mus'haf open and read from there? The concept of reading from the Mus'haf is something our mother Aisha ta'ala anha, she was led by the hadith that Imam al-Bukhari narrated it, Mu'allaq, and Hafiz Mahajar mentions it in his Fathul Bari that Aba Dawood said in his Sunan that Ibn Abi Mulaika, he brought a chain for it. Ibn Abi Shayba brought a chain for it, Abdul Razak and Shafi'i all brought a chain for it. So Bukhari narrated in Muhallakan that Aisha anha ya ummuha abduha dhakwan. She had a servant called Dhakwan who used to lead her the salah min al mushafi fi Ramadan. He would hold the mushaf. He would be holding the mushaf. And even Zuhri was asked about it. Uh, في he said, Kana khiaruna yaqra'una fil mushafi. Our righteous ones. Are noble ones they used to use the mushaf to read from it and uh, imam al-nawi says uh, his salah will not nullify if he reads from a mushaf whether he's memorized it or not it doesn't matter rather it can be obligatory if the person hasn't memorized fatiha he said has to and he knows it only from the mushaf he has to open it, the Mus'haf and look at it. Again, this is all regarding the voluntary prayers. Shirbini in his Mughni al-Muhtaj and Sahnoon uh, mentions in the Mudawwana that Imam Malik, he said, لا بأس أن يأم الإمام بالناس في المصحف في رمضان وفي النافلة. Not just Ramadan, but any, any voluntary. Not in obligatory prayers. And those who try to bring as an اعتراض that حمل المصحف, if you do it, تقليب الأوراق, turning over the pages and things like that, it's many harakat movements in the prayer. We'll say that that is responded to in the hadith, the hadith Bukhari Muslim response to that, which is that the Prophet ﷺ is being transmitted from him. The Prophet would uh, pray the salah whilst he was carrying Umama binti Zainaba, binti Rasulullah ﷺ. And he would carry her. If he wanted to do sujood, he would carry her, he would pull her down. And if he wanted to stand up, he would grab her. So, hamlul mushaf fi salati is not greater than carrying a child. And the one who's not leading the prayer, but the one who's praying behind the imam. So there's no necessary need for him. He just wants to hold it just to follow along. It's okay. It's a ibadatun. Nadar fi mushaf itself is a ibadah. Inshallah, it's not a problem. But I discourage people from using iPhones. Yeah, I was going to ask about that next. You discourage that. I highly discourage it if people use phones because phones have other gadgets and things in there and pop-ups and messages and things like that. So I would not advise that. Use a mushaf. 
Okay, where do you place a mushaf when you go into ruku or sujood? The person should have a pillow right next to them. So when they go to ruku, they put down the, 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 the Quran on a pillow. Okay. Okay, uh, my next few questions are relating to the du'a kunut in witr. Is it legislated to make du'a kunut every single night in Ramadan with witr? The kunut of the the kunut is something that a person should avoid saying it every single night. Even though al kunut fil witr is a sunnah, because the hadith of Al Hasan ibn Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu ta'ala anhu he said, Alamani Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kalimatun akuluhunna fi kunut al witri. Prophet told me words which I should say, Allah Mahdini Fiman Hadeit wa Afini Fiman Afit wa Tawalini wa Tawalini Fiman Tawalati. And the famous dua al kunut that we say. Abi Dawood and Tirmidhi and other great scholars narrated it. So it mentions that the Prophet taught him what to say in Qunut. Um, some of the scholars, like Shaykh Al-Bani, he extracted from it because the narration of Ubay ibn Ka'bin from all the Sahabas were the, was the only one who narrated where the Prophet did Qunut in Ramadan. Hmm. They said that this is something that you shouldn't do very often. Because only one Sahabi from, if it was something he was doing every night, all, a lot of Sahabas would have narrated okay, it. Yeah. So something Ubay, only from the Jama'at Sahaba, who narrated it, uh, that he did Qunut in Ramadan, Shows that it's something that can be done, but it shouldn't be something that's always done. So Ibn Taymiyyah mentions three views for the issue in his Majmu' al Fatawa. Some scholars who said it can't, some. But inshallah ta'ala, it's fine, but with the condition of not making it a norm and doing it all the time now. And you mentioned that the wording of the Qunut were taught by the Prophet. So now obviously you have the Qunut, then you also have a long dua after that, and you have. Is this allowed in, in the Salah? So again, another thing is if that, can you, do you stick to what the Prophet taught, or do you, can you say more? And again, from the Salaf, it was transmitted. From some of the Salaf that they say that Ibn Abdul Barr mentioned, Mathalan, yani the person he makes qunut in uh, yani making dua against the non Muslims. And this is the opportunity to make dua for the Muslims. So some of the Salaf they did mention that. And Hassan he said, Amar Umar Ubay ibn Ka'bin, that Ibn Abdul Barr brings this, that Hassan mentions that Umar. Ibn Khattab commanded Ubay ibn Ka'bin يصلي بالناس فكان إذا مضى نصف الأول when half of the Ramadan finishes 15 days واستقبل نصف الآخر and the next half would come لليلة ستة عشرة قنتوا فدعوا على الكفرة they made dua against the non-Muslims this is something that a large number of scholars mentioned you know, on this particular issue, we heard a lot about Sheikh Al-Bani, rahimahullah, and we mentioned his view, and it was a view that was opposing yours, and it's something that he's become quite well known for. As another episode we did on the issue of niqab, again, he held a particular strong view on that as well. In light of this, how do we view Sheikh Al-Bani with regards to these kind of issues? First of all, I want us to understand is that there's no one who's infallible except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. Allah says, لا يأتيه الباطل من بين يديه ولا من خلفه تنزيل من حكيم حميد. The only thing that we have there is Isma that's infallible. There is no falsehood that can come to it. Everything about it is true. Is the Quran, the book of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Every single person is what. Every single person is open to mistakes and errors. يعني the poet said, ومن الذي ترضى سجاياه كلها كف المرء نبلا أن تعدم عيبه. Who are we going to be pleased with everything that they've said or done? Nobody. Like in, what we can say about a person is that his mistakes is one, two, three. And if someone's given da'wah for 13 years, 14, 15 years, 
and you've got like two mistakes, three mistakes against them, that actually shows, mashallah, mm. barik. That's, that's not bad. So it's more bad is good than is bad. Hey, no, he says good about it. So um, we understand that the ulama are not, in, they're, they're not infallible, they do mistakes. The people are too extreme when it comes to a scholar's mistakes. A group that go overboard and try to defend the sheikh and yeah, and follow him in the mistake and try to find excuses and reasons for it. That's extreme exaggeration. And there's extreme negligence, which is when a scholar does a mistake and he comes with a shortcoming, there are people who want to drop the sheikh and basically disregard him and consider him an innovator. And Ibn al-Qayyim says, Powerful statement, Wallah. They said, anyone who knows the Sharia and anyone who knows the reality knows with certainty, without a doubt, that an honorable man who has a position in this religion, and is left behind good work. And in Islam and its people has a big position. A mistake can come from him. A shortcoming. He's excused for it because he's a mujtahid. Number one, it's not permissible for us. We're not allowed to follow him in it. Also what is not allowed is We're not also allowed to Put his position down His imama His position From the heart of the Muslims We can't use this as A way to just belittle him And ridicule him But we also don't use that an opportunity To take his mistakes A lot of people they, they, they think that it means to respect the Shaykh by taking all of his mm. mistakes. Imam al he said, Man Anyone who takes the strange opinions of the scholars, that person's religion becomes يعني, doubtful. Ali Dhabi even said, Your religion is going to be delicate and soft if you follow the mistakes of people. And that's why we say to these people, Shaykh al-Bani has become clear we say to them and if you're real and you have it on you you got it together try to come with half of what he came with rahimahullah rahimahullah ta'ala Sheikh Nasr has proven his works and his efforts with that being said lakin he's an imam islam he gets it right at times Sometimes he gets it wrong And when he gets it right We will respect him and love him for it And admire him and praise him for it And take it from him And if he gets it wrong We'll also love him and admire him But we won't follow him in the mistake It's also from the things that we learn from him Okay, final question from my side then um, How do we treat this particular issue and we disagree with someone over this For example, you have a friend who believes that you should pray 20 rak'at And you believe it should be 8 How big of an issue is this? Do you make um, tabdi of this this issue? Do you you call the person an innovator or not? 
okay, التبديع في مسائل الاجتهاد making تبديع on issues which are اجتهاد is a person who hasn't studied يعني basics of the religion يعني basics it's called اجتهاد because it's based on independent reasoning يعني there's الأخذ والرد between علماء أبو قاسم التيمي أبو القاسم التيمي in كتاب الحجة في بيان المحجة سعقيد بوك he says وأما ما اختلفوا فيه من المسائل الاجتهاد يعني وأما ما اختلفوا فيه من المسائل الاجتهادية والفروع الدينية فإن الإنسان لا يصير به مبتدعا ولا مذموما متوعدا it's clear cut what the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah differed amongst themselves okay in issues of ijtihad and al-furu' al-fiqiyah like Abu Hanifa said this and Shafi'i said this and Malik said this and Ahmed said this these are masail ijtihadiyah furu' diniyah a person will become a mubtadi' because of it mm. and he won't be a madhmoom on it Shaykh al-Islam Taymiyyah even has a, a, a very strong powerful statement he says وَمِثْلُ هَؤُلَاءِ إِذَا لَمْ يَجْعَلُوا مَا بِتَدَعُوهُ قَوْلًا يُفَارِقُونَ بِهِ جَمَاعَةَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ يُوَالُونَ عَلَيْهِ وَيُعَادُونَ كان من نوع الخطأ والله سبحانه وتعالى يغفر المؤمنين خطأهم في مثل ذلك ولهذا وقع في مثل هذا كثير من سلف الأمة وإمتها لهم مقالات قالوها باجتهاد ويتخالف ما ثبت في الكتاب والسنة So some of the salaf they said things which went against the kitab and the sunnah بخلاف But they didn't base love and hate based on those things They didn't Even today, if somebody bases love and hate on the issue of taraweeh, it becomes a mubtadi' because of it. Yeah. We're finding that. So, يعني, uh, mistakes of scholars will come. There is not a person, brothers and sisters, qa'idah, remember this in your life. There is not a person except that you're going to disagree with them. Very tough in issues. And you have to have that nafsiyah, when it comes to issue of furu' fiqiyah, nafsiyah where we can l- coexist and yeah. admire each other, love one another, without having... يعني hard feelings towards one another. Jazakallah khairan, Ustaz Abdul Rahman. Anything else you want to add from your side before we close out the episode? I think the only thing that I'd add from my side is that this whole discussion that we had about Taraweeh, Qiyabu Layl, we're talking about something that is not obligatory. We're talking about something that is highly recommended. And it's a virtuous thing to do. The reason I mention that is because sometimes you get people praying in Ramadan where they pray Taraweeh long, 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 and then they miss Salat al Fajr. And that's a big problem with the problems with the person's heart and his understanding of the religion. People because miss it. Yeah, people will miss it. They will pray taraweeh, they pray it long, they pray it 20, they might go afterwards, they might get something to eat, they might hang out with friends. But they almost they value taraweeh more than Salat al-Fajr in the morning because they see taraweeh as oh, all the Muslims are coming together, Ramadan, this is what I have to do. And they don't realize that the Fajr Salah is more important than Salat al-Taraweeh. So I just wanted to mention that. Inshallah. 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 Inshall